Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Were you muted? Dude, I'm trying to tell you to go. My mic was messing up. Welcome to the UGA. <laughs> You're just sitting there. Like, help I, me out. I didn't know what you were saying. I was so confused. Great start to this Orange Bowl episode. All right, guys. Man, what a start. Uh, much like Florida <laughs> State's uh much like Florida State's night uh, didn't get off to a good start either this show. So 63 to 3. I'm trying to tell you to go. I'm trying to mess with the mic. Um, anyways, guys, we appreciate you joining us. This is the UJSports.com post-game overreaction show presented by UJSports.com. Uh, I've just got thrown off completely here. Guys, if you're watching for the first time or loyal listener, you know what we like to do. We like to know where you're watching us from. Put that into the comments. We'll put it up onto the screen. And then also, if you want to join the show, the link is in the description. And uh, the show is yours, guys. It's yours to ask questions. It's yours to overreact to. Jason and I are just here to bring this thing and move this thing along uh, so we can have some fun one last time in 2023. Again, sorry that my mic was jacked up. Glad you guys are here. Jason, as we do every show, initial thoughts on this game as I get these folks uh, where they're watching from put up on the screen. Yeah. And, you know, uh, my first thought is despite the number of opt outs, despite the number of uh, players that didn't play for Florida State, the committee is very happy and, and rightfully so. I, I think uh, when you look at the play, when you look at the field, uh, Florida State were the pretenders. I think a lot of people saw that. I think especially for those who follow Georgia, those who um, are maybe the more casual football fan, when it came to four best, you know, you're trying to select a playoff of the four teams that are going to be the, the best, the most competitive. I know deserving has been thrown in more so this year than previous years. But when you're trying to select the field, when you can't include everybody who's had a good season, you, you have to, to – you know, dwindle it down. And I think tonight proved, look, Georgia, the way Georgia played today, tonight, I don't know if any of the four teams that made the playoff beat them. They were fantastic. It was the, they saved the best for last. To me, it was more about Georgia tonight, but also Florida State had no answer. They have no depth on their roster. If This is who's taking the field in the absence of some of their better players, especially on defense. And so it was just a game among unequals. You had Georgia, who very much proved they should have been more in the discussion than they were when it when it came to it after the loss to Alabama. And then you have um, uh, Florida State that uh, – I mean, even if the, the second stringer who hit the transfer portal, I don't think he does much of a difference. Uh, no. uh, Jordan Travis is probably the only one that maybe keeps it a little more competitive. And even then you're looking at probably a 49-17 Georgia victory if Georgia plays the same way, uh, you know, if, if Florida State has a few a few more players. I just Georgia was outstanding. And uh, I think put the kind of statement game out there that uh, is going to have people discussing, uh, especially depending on what happens in that Texas-Washington game. Because uh, I know this has been a little bit uh, long-winded here, but no, you're, dude, I'm, I'm going. Texas, through, dude, so, many, so many people have put where they're watching from, and I appreciate it so much. So just keep going. I, I haven't. Yeah. I've still got like 10, 15 more to go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the only reason Texas is in the playoff is because Alabama beat Georgia. What's funny to me is if Georgia were to beat Alabama, this is probably the first round matchup with the second-string quarterback Tate Rodebecker. And it's probably a, a, a beatdown. Um, maybe not as bad as you saw tonight because, you know, Florida State would have had more players there. 
But when, when you look at schematically, when you look at talent, when you look at depth, Georgia had them at every position, every level. And, uh, and so you see why the committee ultimately left Florida State as an unbeaten Power 5 champion out, whether they deserve to be there or not. It was clear that they just aren't at that level. Georgia exposed them, embarrassed them tonight. And, uh, and, and now you just have to kind of, if you're a Georgia fan, if you're a Georgia player, coach on that staff, you're just kind of now stuck wondering what if. What if you beat Bama? Because, uh, you know, just just that short of, um, you know, possibly having a three-peat. Yeah, no, I mean, it's initial thoughts for me. That was that was a statement game from Kirby Smart and his team. Uh, it's just he knew that this game was going to be talked about. These were the two teams that were snubbed, if you will. This was the snub bowl, and Georgia came out and absolutely just put it to Florida State. And Florida State, uh, Danny Cannell has been on, on Twitter tonight, Florida State advocate, Florida State quarterback, uh, basically saying, hey, we had all these opt-outs. Well, Georgia did – I mean, Georgia had 21 guys in the portal, five starters not playing either. Great point here by Jason King. He says, this is what happens when you build your entire team off of the portal. No player development with your backups. Yeah. Very, I mean, everybody that played for Georgia, homegrown, you know, you had those true freshmen come in. I have to pull up the stats here. We got started so so quick, Jason. I appreciate it. I didn't even get to pull the stats up. Uh, but there's freshmen catching passes. I know Lawson Lucky had one. Anthony Evans had one. Uh, I don't want to sound stupid, but there's a couple more. So let me pull that up. But, yeah, it was uh, – it was a wild, wild game in the sense that I predicted 49-10. I thought that Georgia was going to stomp these guys. And 63-3, to only to beat the highest uh, ever bowl margin of victory by your own team last year against TCU at 58. You beat it and close out with 60. It just kind of goes to show, like you said, if Georgia, you know, if all these ifs, right, Jason, but had Georgia beat Alabama, they're winning a third national title this year. They can't do that. So what did Kirby Smart do? He locked these guys in and said, look, we're going to go out here one last time and show them, you know, they kind of messed up by not putting us in this thing and drop 63 on Florida State. Sure, Florida State had opt-outs. Sure. But you 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 play the game, right? It doesn't matter. Georgia had guys not play either. Georgia had guys into the portal. Marvin Jones Jr., he's going to Florida State. He didn't play. You know, yeah. so Georgia has, you know, the same type thing. Sure. Had Georgia's quarterback not been in there, they would have had to go with Gunnar Stockton. Well, Gunnar Stockton looked a hell of a lot more poised than as a third string guy, considering well, now he's a second string, third string guy compared to Florida State's third string guy. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't buy that whole thing. You, you have to play with who's out on the field, right? Um, yeah, and, and, and I think you may, you hit it right there. Player development, or or, or the comment uh, that, yeah, that uh, our, our buddy uh, in the chat made. You know, it's player yeah. development, and Georgia's built such a great depth. Georgia had some of the same issues. Uh, I didn't expect Florida State defensively, with how strong they've been defensively all year. I did not expect them to just get steamrolled and just exposed and embarrassed and annihilated and every other. Word you want to use there uh, by by Georgia? Just uh, you know, they looked like a JV team. They looked like a JV yeah. defense yeah. going up against Georgia. Um, and you know, I see a lot of comments. How do you leave Georgia out and all that? It, it's a weird year. Um, you, you get why they did it, why the committee did it. But in retrospect, 
you know, I, two things. Again, I'm going to be very, very interested in how this Texas-Washington game plays out, mainly because of Texas. If Texas loses that game, I think that's your that's your starter because I know there people say, look, Texas beat Alabama. You have to include Texas. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you have to include Texas just because they beat Alabama early in the year. Alabama, it, it, it comes down to that eye test. Alabama – at that, at the stage of the season we're in now, is not the same team that got beat by Texas early on. It's similar to college basketball when a team improves over the course of a year. They lost a head to head, but that team gets seated higher because the committee's like, yes, obviously this team is way better than they were earlier when they had that non conference matchup. I think that's how you have to look at it. Texas didn't have a schedule after Alabama that made you convinced that they were of the four best teams in the country. They just had a win over Alabama. And that is why they got in because the committee didn't want to leave Texas out. If they were going to have Alabama jump all the way from eight to four. And so that's where Georgia comes in because I think you could have, when Georgia's only loss is by three in the sec championship to Alabama and Alabama playing at a much better level than when they played Texas early in the season, which I think everybody's eyes can see Right, and right. justifies and justifies that they would have caught some heat for that, yes. But at the end of the day, I, I think you know. Again, I'll be interested if Texas goes and blows out Washington. Then I think it's a moot point. But that's why I'm very interested in this Texas Washington game because if, if Texas comes out flat, I think there is a big case to be made that the committee blew it by uh, by trying to to avoid that conversation of well, Texas beat Alabama and therefore. Texas uh, deserves to to go as well as Alabama. You know, it, sh- it should those decisions should never be a uh, kind of like a package. It yeah. should have been. That's what it, that's what it ended at up this being. point of the year when you compare all the resumes. Who are the four best teams? Yeah, let's bring on the man, the myth. Uh, I already said you're the man, the myth, the legend. So I don't know. He's just the man, the myth. Andy Stowe, what's up? I'm, I'm not much. What's going on, guys? Oh man, sixty three to three. I was hoping Georgia would get to seventy. Me too. I was hoping Jackson Muschamp would uh would break that thing off. That was that was awesome to see. There's so many things right that that this game kind of brought to us, and you know Roderick Robinson, Kendall Kendall Milton, uh, absolutely looking like a different running back. Yeah, he does. And I hope that this and his combine pushes him in the draft because he looked absolutely freakish tonight. Nine attempts, 104 yards, two touchdowns, all in the first what quarter basically almost yeah. a little bit in the second quarter uh dylan bell dylan bell's the guy god he's somebody, so good somebody to look at uh next year dominic lovett early on had three catches he'll be back he, he had 592 yards on the season and yeah. andy so i mean you know oscar delp his blocking there's so many things that we're going to dive into throughout this show but uh what's your initial thoughts uh, well Stoke? i mean one uh, we're going to miss Lad McConkey. That guy's he's he's just next level good. I love that guy. Um, I don't think we appreciate him enough for how good he is. Um, and I know Eddie thinks he might come back. I don't think he's coming back. Is that is that a done deal? Has I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't we'll announced, see. but I mean, yeah. I I would be surprised if he came back. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. But I mean, but then, but really, you see those those linebackers. You see how how talented they are. I mean, we're going to have a really good defense. I still think we're going to have to have some help up in the middle on the defensive line. But I mean, 
he got talent. It's so, I mean, that's what Florida State. I was just actually when you mentioned Danny Canell, started reading his stuff, and he is talking oh, man. about. He, he went off the deep end tonight, bro. Oh, he is going to kill himself. He posted yeah. a two minute video for the haters, and yeah. um, and him yeah, and went, and even he's running his mouth to um, um to Ben Watson. Like you don't yeah. talk junk to Ben Watson. Ben Watson yeah. is a scary looking dude, and um, right. but. Yeah, he's talking about maybe if you wouldn't have choked versus Bama. Yeah, he's he's losing his mind over here. But um, I mean, <laughs> <it's a> game. <laughs> As a swamp career is a good one. Uh, Todd says, uh, "Go for Mississippi. Love your show. We appreciate it." Freshman showed out. Uh, Ra Ra did have a foot injury. Somebody asked about Ra Ra. Tom asked, "Did Smile even play?" He did not. Uh, nope. He was injured as well. But there's another one. You know, didn't didn't play. It's crazy how some teams have guys that don't play. And you can justify losing by 60 points. And then some teams have guys that don't play. And you're like, oh, well, we didn't have more guys than you. So, yeah, it, it, should, it, it still should have been uh, competitive there. There's one guy who's uh, competitive. I'll bring him on now. I'm going to get John in in just a second. But I'll, I'll bring both of you guys in because you guys were here first. Um, bring both of you in here. Unfortunately, we've got to bring Eddie from Ackworth in. John, I'll get to you. We'll get to the. We'll get to unfortunately, the, we'll get to the real callers in just a second, guys. Just let I got. I got to let Eddie get uh, in. First. Happy New Year to you too, buddy. Hey man, how you doing, Ed? Jason, how are you tonight? Good to see hey, you, buddy. Yeah, you yeah. too. Yeah, Merry doing Christmas, well, man. Happy New Year. Absolutely. Hope the holidays have been great for you. Yeah, it's been great. I hadn't had to see Paul for two weeks. It's been absolutely <laughs> awesome. So. <clears throat> and look at that clean shaven. I love that. I like Paul. that. Like good. that. Yeah, for the new year, new year, new me. To play with here, huh? Yeah. What do you do yeah. when you're thinking? Yeah. I can't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm losing it. Yeah. Uh, new year, new me, though. So, Andy, uh, hope you're well. Good to see you, my friend. <laughs> I'm doing good. Recovering from the from the cold, the funk stuff that everyone's getting. So, you yeah. know. Oh, well. double G's in the chat. Watch out, Gary's here. It's over for y'all. <laughs> the king oh, of twitter eddie fun. from the a fred f says oh boy don't hype him up too much eddie what's the what you think of this game well first of all overall it was sickening because uh we should be waltzing into a three-peat i mean mm. just watching this right i mean we're the best team in the country period point blank we are i don't care what bama does going forward i don't care what bama did against us that was the worst game we played all year and i want to say this real quick before i get to the game if we had played with that much aggressiveness against Bama, we waxed them in the SEC championship. They were throwing it downfield, pushing the ball downfield, and on that first drive against Bama, it looked like we are going to blow them out. And it looked like Bobo just kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, Jason, he let off the gas, got conservative, got scared, whatever. But real quick, this was the statement to me on this game, guys. 43 seconds left. We got the ball back. Okay, we're up down, we're up 35 to 3. He made Carson Beck throw the ball downfield to score another touchdown. That was an F U yeah. to the committee. That's what that drive was. Screw y'all. This is who we are. We're the best team in America. Period. Okay. And so, I loved it. So I've got to ask though, because you said had Georgia played like this against Alabama, they would have won the game. So is that is this game more Kirby let his foot off the gas or not? Not he put his foot on the gas and just said, "Look, let's air it out. Let's do what we got to do." And he was a little bit more conservative against Alabama. Is that is that where you're going with this? Yes, I, I think all of it was too conservative. Bobo, Kirby, all of it. It was just we scored that first drive, and all I think all four of us were like, or all three of us in this room were like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna blow Alabama out," and it just kind of changed from that point forward. Very conservative play calling. I'm telling you, throwing the ball downfield, look at Dylan Bell. He made two incredible catches. 
Okay, you throw the ball downfield like that against Bama, you may get Kool-Aid McKinstry making a dumb penalty and you get 15 yards out of it. We did none of that, it seemed like, after that first drive. Well, we none were struggling. It. We were struggling blocking those guys, though. And we we didn't really struggle blocking tonight. We were able to to keep uh, these guys. That's a good point. That's a good point, Andy. That's a really and, good point. I mean, that's I think that's the difference. I think it was that D-line because uh, we couldn't. I mean, we, we, we struggled but, against Bama. Did we look aggressive against Bama? No, we did not. I'm with you. But I just I think it was because Bro, we Jason, couldn't block them. You've covered a lot of these teams. Why 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 did this was this game just like, hey man, we're in the Orange Bowl, baby. You can't you can't hurt us. So we're gonna go out there and have fun. Because it looked like, like to Eddie's point, it looked like a completely different team. Now let's also let's also go back and say, hey, Florida State had almost their entire first string defense not playing due to injury, draft, transfer, whatever it may be, opt out. So that also helps this look a lot better than the Bama game. But I also see where Eddie's coming from in the sense that it did look like the offense was a little bit more loose. It looked mm -hmm. like the playbook was just well, wide open and they were having fun with it. Where are we at, Jason? Can you bring us? Well, is there, is you got to go back. Yeah, well, against Florida State tonight, they could run the ball. And it was mm -hmm. easy. Yeah, If you could run yeah. the ball easily against anybody from the beginning of a game, you're going to – blow out you're going to put up points you're going to do whatever you want they were able to throw off of it they were able to do anything because it started so well up front georgia could not run as, as andy said they couldn't block but particularly they could not run block against alabama <laughs> and they kept sticking with it against bama a little too long at least for my liking probably to their liking and you know sometimes you get those those two you know the two high safety look and you, that, that's a run look. And so you're on the ball, but Alabama stopped it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and a lot of times coaches, and I don't know this, you know, for a fact, I, I have no idea if this was the case, but in a lot of situations, you know, a, a coach gives two plays to a quarterback or there's always a, a check, you know, or something like that. So you have a, you can have a play. It could be a pass, but then there's a run check off of it. If you have a look such as two high, you know, two high safeties, you know, that could have been what happened against Bama. And it was like, Hey, look, at a certain point, you got to tell the quarterback, hey, the run's not there. We need you to be aggressive. We need to push it downfield. And they waited way too long. It was, what, middle third quarter, down by yeah. 10, before they started trying to put the put the you know foot on the pedal to play catch-up. They didn't have that problem tonight. So I don't know if it's necessarily comparable because tonight they, they come out and Kendall Milton's just running over dudes, running through holes, they have wide-open lanes. A lot of it, yes. I, I think there was a big talent deficiency when it comes to mm -hmm. – uh, Georgia's offensive line with a mostly second-string front four from uh, Florida State. Uh, still, you would think that Florida State had guys. They, they, you know, it wasn't like Florida State had guys that didn't play all year. They had guys that were very much rotational players that got had game experience. So it, it's not like they were going against scrubs. But the run game was there. Um, you know, you, you had a you had a running back who, who was obviously on a mission tonight. Uh, you know, Dejan Edwards had a good game too. And when you can mm -hmm. and when you can run, you can do anything. And without that, looking, that's, that's much difference. Without looking, do you know how many rushing yards we had? Over well, so yeah, I know Milton had what one hundred and two. It had to have been close to three hundred, maybe yeah, three hundred and seventy-two yards. Three seventy-two. Wow. Three seventy-two wow. for a seven point yeah. nine yard average. That Damn. is 
If you do that, there's nobody. I mean, obviously, no, I mean that, can, that's unfair. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you're doing you're not doing that against Alabama. I get it, but um, yeah, that that's. Really but your point is still valid. I mean, yeah, they yeah. they stuck yeah. with it and and they were stubborn with the run against Alabama for far too long, and it needed to be. You know, whether it was Beck checking through the run or whether they were actual called runs from from Bobo as the, the primary play, um, you know, even with the looks they were given, it, it, there had to have been a point much sooner where it was, uh, hey, look, it's not there. We need to we need to press things vertically. And um, unfortunately, a, that happened too late. Here's an even crazier stat from Bubby Dean. I've never seen him in the chat before, but it looks like a stand up gentleman with a nice Georgia tie on. He says UGA's margin of victory in their last two bowl games is 118 points. Yeah. Damn. That's wild. <laughs> like that yeah. is, we that's set the uh, record. We set the record last year for the largest margin of victory in a bowl game, and we just broke it tonight. That is uh hell of a stat there, Bobby Dean. All you had to do was add up two games, but nobody thought to do it since you were the first one. 118 is uh, pretty pretty insane. So, Eddie, Andy, come back about 30 minutes, all right? I'm going to kick you off for a little bit. Let me get some other guys. But, I, you know, I, I like having you on. So, come back. We'll, we'll hang well, out. I don't know. Your initial statements didn't seem to bear that out. But <laughs> well, have a good yeah. evening. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Let's bring on uh, Big John and Big Dane. John, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Happy New Year. Man, so. John. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. You're the most uh, pessimistic Georgia fan <laughs> I know. And uh, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Eight more than 92. I don't know how you can be pessimistic on this. Oh, no. But if there's no, no, listen, John, if there is one person that can, it is you, my <laughs> friend. So please, uh, Grayson. No, it's not pessimism. No, it's anger. Oh. I've not a chance. I've not a chance to talk to you guys since that Sunday. Oh, so, so, damn. So, All right. So let, let's break this down now that the season's over. You got a playoff team that lost by four to a team that finished ten and three and won the Alamo or lost the Alamo Bowl. Then you have a team that lost by ten to the team that lost to the ten and three team, and they're both in the playoff. Then you have a team that was one that went to six that lost by three and just won by sixty. And I'm sitting about a hundred yards from the University of West Georgia campus, and I don't think that's who we played tonight. Um, I'm pretty sure that Florida State has a pretty good recruiting class. So they're too deep, probably could have had a little bit of better showing. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not Alex Jones. I'm no conspiracy theorist, but here's, We're grateful here's, for that. Here, <laughs> here's what I do hope. I hope that it's Michigan and Washington and nobody south of Nashville and and west of um, Nevada watches the game because I think ESPN, if I you know, I'm Ooh. listen. I'm no like smart that, man, as Forrest Gump says, but ESPN, you got what you wanted. You got Bama in. Now you better hope they win, and you better hope Texas wins because clearly the, the committee, whoever's in charge, um, ha, has completely poo-pooed, and they screwed this completely up. They, they really have. And I just don't think – you know, I had to sit and listen. I guess it's my fault for doing it for three hours this morning to, to those guys fawning over the playoff game. I just hope they got it right. I hope they got it right, and and I commend. I've always loved Kirby Smart. I know I'm rambling, Coach Smart, but I thought he's extremely classy in the um, post game and the trophy presentation because he could have went. Nobody got to hear it. What nobody got to hear it, John. Oh, what the hell uh, you did he say? What the hell he did he go to? He just said, you know, they asked him, and he said in effect that the system. He said our system is only certain teams can play for it, but these guys did everything that we've asked of them. So 
They asked I, I him, thought, like, I, I heard it on radio, of all things. Yeah. Like, FM radio still works, my friend. I what? thought for sure. Yeah. I thought for sure that Kirby was going to be like, look, hey, y'all, y'all didn't bring us to the playoffs. I dropped 63 on this undefeated team. Should have brought us to the playoffs. So there was no – there was no – uh no hate so, there. Katie George asked the question, what statement was made tonight? It was a pretty good question. Very simple, very short. And he goes, "Are what exactly what, what John's saying? He, he goes, um, our team has done everything that we've asked of them. And we have a system that not all teams get a chance to play right. for the title. And so. Oh, okay. Okay. So he did throw shade. He did. He, he alluded to shade. That's some shame. Thrown, but then he really ejected from that and just talked about his players and their effort. But before like we, you could tell we, that it was there a little bit that he's like, we're one of the best. We should be playing and we're not. And we can't control that. Before we move on, Jason was a big time, big J journalist for the athletic for UJ sport. I mean, he's, he's been everywhere. Jason, would that be your headline uh, for this game? No, I, I don't make much of that statement. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I, I, let me ask you guys something, if you don't mind. Do you think that um, the the committee really thinks that they got it right? I, I do. I think they, they think they got it right, and they talked themselves into it because Bama won and because Texas beat Bama that they had to have Texas uh, jump into the, the, the Final Four. And – and then they they played the more deserving card than the best card because do you think do you think yeah. that after watching this game they still think that I have I I bet like I was saying earlier I bet they're going to be as clued into Texas Washington as I am because if Washington wins that game and Texas doesn't look that great I think that's your that's your gripe if you're Georgia I think this is yeah. one of those few years where like there isn't a right answer. Like there was going to be some aggrieved party in this one way or the other. Georgia is one. That's true. Yes. Florida State is one. Like to me, I think the SEC probably should have been shut out based on just where the standings were, what the teams did. Like I think Florida State should have been a playoff team. And I know they would have lost in the first round based on the circumstances. But I don't like the committee getting involved at that level. I want them also, to say, here's what's happened, and, and you've earned this as an undefeated conference. Well, yeah. my thing real quick is, you know, I don't know if we'd be making as big of a deal of it if they didn't have this ranking every single week. If they just got together at the very end, had the selection show, much like college basketball does, college basketball doesn't refer to the uh, to the AP uh, or the college uh, rankings or any of that. I, I think they they might do a uh, like a, a like a late se- mid season like hey here's what the seeds would look like. I, I can't remember if they they do I don't that. Think they do that. that. It's just no, but I don't think they do that. but uh you know if if it was like that I don't know I, I think it would be you you would have the kind of the uh a cloud of you don't know what they're doing you don't know what they're deciding and instead you see what they're deciding every week and then all of a sudden they flip it. And you're just sitting there going, why? I, I yeah. don't understand the, the logic when kind of like because because if you're like what Dane's saying, if Florida State is number four and they go win the ACC championship, how do they fall out? Georgia's number one. How do they fall out all, all the way when you just saw what what transpired on the field in the SEC championship? Whether- how does uh, Texas with how they've looked and who they played jump in to uh, number number three after all that? Um there's there's just a lot at, at stake if you're the committee i don't know why i mean i i know why it's ratings and money but 
I, I don't know why uh, they would want to subject themselves to that because I think they they have it a lot easier if you don't know the process week by week and they just get there at the very end and they and they make these decisions and then justify it then because the the weekly comments they don't add up and that's what creates a lot of this outrage. Oh, and I think that it was almost two different scales for individual teams because a lot of the things that the committee said about Florida State that made them not worthy, I could say the same thing about Michigan, but I don't think that they were scrutinized to that extent. Like, J.J. McCarthy was trashed for the last month of the season. Like, I can't tell you that Michigan's quarterback play has them in a position that, like, they should be one of the best four teams in the country. But because they were one or because they beat Ohio State, like, you, you can go all these things. So we saw Ohio State lose to put up three against Missouri. But I can't sit here and tell you that Florida State with three weeks and Brock Glenn, I think they probably would have competed with a mostly full roster against Michigan. I do. Here's my question to you guys. This whole college football playoff thing, it's great, right? We're going to 12 teams next year. I don't think, and we saw this kind of setting up, uh, Dane, Jason, John. We, we saw this setting up week 10, week 11. We're like, hey, there's too many teams that are unbeaten or with one loss right now. And normally, most years, it works itself out. You have, you know, the, what are they, what are they call the last week of the season? Uh Rivalry games, rivalry week, yeah. Rivalry, yeah. You have rivalry week that knocks out some teams. You know, you have the champion. It just didn't work out that way this year. I mean, Iron Bowl tried to. Like- right, right. You you had enough to you had enough teams, but not enough spots. Next year, you've got twelve. Nobody's going to be able to gripe, right? If if you're the thirteenth ranked team, you well, put yourself in that position. I actually yeah. thought the broadcast did a good job by explaining that if the top four. Spots are going to to um, yeah I saw that the top conference champions and I, I, I that's ridiculous like just seed them one through twelve. But here's here's my question, John. Why can't we just have a look into this committee room where they're deciding what teams are going on if they want ratings? I mean, I couldn't tell you if you had that show on for four hours and we could listen to everything they're saying, because there shouldn't be anything that is behind closed doors. There shouldn't be any politics involved with it. There shouldn't be anybody saying, hey, throw my team in, throw my team from my division in. This should all be based on football. You you put that on ESPN, too. You don't think fanatics that are watching this right now wouldn't uh, tune in that? I would have that on the background for four hours. I would listen to everything they have to say. Why well, can't we do that? Because it would reveal that a lot of those people don't know very much. That's okay. So why can't, is that is that one reason, John? I mean, why can't we do it? I, I mean, I, you guys are the experts. I'd imagine it has a lot to do with it, and it's all this. There is politics involved that they don't want people. You know, they don't want people peeking behind the curtain, seeing the man behind the curtain, right? Um, and 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 I just have two more things, and I, I know you got a lot to Dane's point. If Auburn would have won, beat Alabama, does the SEC get shut out, or does Georgia still get in? In that scenario, I think Georgia probably beats Alabama. Like, I don't think Alabama goes to Atlanta with the same juice. That yeah. Has, right? There's there's probably an effect to how they play. And, and then my last thing, comment, is how filthy can this team be next year if mm-hmm. everything on paper pans out with Colby Young and ETN? And then if Bullard comes back, which he probably is not, I don't know, on defense, like, they, they could be – despite the schedule – it could be really, really, really good next year. Really yeah. good. No, I think so. Uh, top three team next year, preseason? Oh, for oh, sure. For top sure. Two? They may finish yeah. in the top three this year. Yeah, wouldn't that be something, right? 
I mean, they, they're going to have to finish above four. I would think they're going to at least be fourth. So uh, be interesting to see. John, we appreciate really you. Yes. Kind of like positions of concern, right? Like you're not going to have a tight end as good as Bowers. You know that unless, my God, if he came back, but he's not going to. Uh, but maybe that in receiver just for proving it, but the talent's going to be there. Yeah, for sure. Just like the talent is in Carroll, Tim, with John. We appreciate you, brother. John's the man. John's the man. Um, Dane, 63-3. to Uh, Lost and Lucky. I was about to say, was that a question? (laughs) No. I just kind of – I just threw your name out there. Uh, Arian Smith, got him a little tutty. Anthony Evans, got him a tutty. I think he's going to be good. I think he is, too. I think he is too. Um, I think that Kirby also did a great job with playing guys in this game and uh, doing some roster management, making sure, you know, hey, don't enter that portal, big dog. Come back. Uh, And I think, you know, for the most part, he's going to try to lock it down. I did see, uh, I think it was Jeff Sintel. Shout out to Jeff Sintel. He took a picture of Marvin Jones Jr. saying that he was sitting on Georgia's sideline. Uh, behind their bench, even though he's transferred. So I'm curious there. That's that's interesting. Not saying that he's going to come back or anything, but I do find that kind of weird uh, that he was on Georgia's sideline and not Florida State with his new team. I don't know. Don't don't quote me. Don't shoot the messenger. Had a lot of early enrollees, guys, being able to get down there and you know throw around the football and play some defense. Who impressed you that we haven't seen so far really this season? Uh, the most tonight. There was a lot of guys that got some action. I mean, you could go with Gunnar Stockton, sure. Uh, he had two touchdowns. But I'll, I'll let you pick who uh, who you guys want to pick. Yeah, I was going to go with uh, – we, we just named him Anthony Evans. Um, I thought Big that uh, he had two plays. You know, one uh, he was interfered on, and the other one, you know, he got the touchdown. And and then, of course, the 17-yard uh, punt return. It makes me wonder why he wasn't I – mean, I mean, maybe it was uh, – how many games has he pl- appeared in this year? So, I mean, maybe he can keep the red shirt. Anthony but, Evans? Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'll look that up for you. But, uh, but you know, considering uh, Makai Muse obviously dropped the ball, it just ca- kind of just from a personal standpoint, and I was a little uneasy every time watching him, uh, you know, field a punt. And then it was then in the Alabama game, uh, Evans comes in and has that electric run. He had another, I mean, I thought a 17 yard return tonight was was spectacular, uh, made some guys miss, uh, just shows that speed. And um, I think that like he can be just a dangerous, dangerous player. I, I don't know why Jamison Williams comes to mind, but I think uh, uh, Anthony uh, Evans, I, I, lo- I love the, I, I just the little that I saw uh, tonight. He's the shiftiness. He's yeah. Shifty. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I just, I, I think he can be outstanding in this offense. He's got, uh, he's got catches in multiple games here. So he does not have a freshman or a red shirt. Uh, more than four. He appeared in more than four. He's more than four for sure. Yep. Uh, but great pick. I, I I like the Jameson Williams comp there. I like that. Dane, I'll who you, you got? I'll give you a pair of running backs. My boy Cass Jones. I mean, stop. Of course. Stop. Of course. You, you force stop. a fumble. You get some carries. You know, you, you get held and Lad McConkey runs around you for a touchdown. Like, that was a really cool play. But then when Roger Robinson came in, like, mm. he had energy, like, ready to go. And really, that's... To me, I think the story of this whole game, because 
when I'm reading Hugh Freeze's comments after the game and saying Auburn has disease of me and like the locker room's not great and uh, <laughs> the disease of me. I also saw I also saw right. where he said that he was recruiting this week, right? Right. He, he, he said he didn't have time to focus on his offense this week because he was <laughs> <laughs> that is that is insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like you hear all that and like bowl games don't matter. And it's like the same thing is true that other than the playoffs, if, if you lose a bowl game, it didn't matter. And if you win a bowl game, it gives you momentum into next season. That's how it's going to be spun for every team that plays in these things. And yeah. Georgia has a lot of positive momentum. If in some psycho world that Florida state would have won this game, it wouldn't have mattered. And that's what everyone would have said about it. True. But Georgia cares. And that's different for other players and teams. And now Georgia has depth to where when you don't have as much experience, you can still play very well in these situations. And some teams just don't have that luxury. But the fact that Georgia played the way it did, that these backups come in 40 points down and they're like, I'm here to play like we play. That's a differentiator for Georgia. And you can call it culture. You can call it whatever you want to. But that's what Kirby Smart's built. That's the special sauce. And as long as that's there, Georgia's going to be in the mix for a championship every single year. What about – I know this is – I don't know if this is the best pick, but C.J. Allen, he led the team in tackles, but he just looked – I mean, he looked big. Like he yeah. had a little neck roll on, true <laughs> freshman. And I was talking about this uh, – I went and watched the game with uh, – my in-laws, and uh, I was like, look, this kid basically beat out an all-SEC linebacker, and that all-SEC linebacker transferred before this game. As a true freshman, do you know how difficult that is to do after this team has won two national titles in a row and to come in as a true freshman, steal the spot of a guy that is up for all-SEC? And, and it wasn't just him. You see Raylan right there on the field too. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like to do that is one of the most impressive things that we haven't really discussed. Like we've dove into it a little bit, but I want to see a film don't lie on CJ Allen over the offseason, if you don't mind, Dane. That's a little special request. Please. Just for you, or do you want me to publish it? Uh <laughs> you can probably publish it. We could- <laughs> I mean, you don't have to just send it just to me. That'd be kind of weird. Unless you want to like just put like, hey, Paul, right here, you could do that. Um, okay. But yeah, you could probably publish that one. Um, but yeah, just incredible how he's kind of done what he's done. And yes, we've talked about it, but not to the extent that I think it should be talked about, especially how um, if you saw Malachi Starks, I think it was down there in the Orange Bowl that folks asked him about CJ Allen. I think Dash did. And he said, look, he spoke up as a true freshman in that in, in our defensive huddles and and defensive tape watches and you know things like that so shout out to him and he he really uh he really is going to be a good one for georgia you scare off a guy like jamon dumas johnson you're you're doing something so shout out to him wild pretty wild that uh right yeah you you had pop looking over his shoulder to where he had he he felt like it was in his best interest to leave yeah the way that that room has been rebuilt multiple times i mean if you Mm -hmm. go back to Channing Tindall, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, and you're like, oh, they're all gone. What is Georgia going to do? You get Pop and Munden, and they're really good. And then you're like, all right, well, Pop transferred out. Like, what are you going to do? And CJ Allen, Raylan Wilson, Jalen Walker, and like new guys coming in too. Bowles is back there, like waiting in the way. You're going to lose some of these guys because there's so much talent. And in, in this case, it happened to be the all SEC linebacker that started for two years. But hey, if he's not the best one for the spot, you got to go. 
my boy Ducati, he wants that uh, film don't lie on CJ too. So I'm not the only one. So there's two requests. Anything more than one, I think, is automatically deserving of a film don't lie. So there you go. You have to do it. Hey, Jason, do you want to stay on or do you want me to hold Dane hostage for a little while? What are you doing? Let me see. Let's check the chat to see if I am needed. You might be needed um, now. I think the stories are I am needed. Out. Yes. All right. JB, <laughs> as always, right, happy new year, my friend. Yep. Happy new year to y'all. Y'all take care. Have a great rest of the show. All right, brother. All See right. you, dude. That master's hat that he's wearing, that, that's going to get me in the mood for Augusta, man. Swag. Swag. Uh, I'll tell you what's going to get you in the mood right here. If this guy doesn't, I don't know who will. You going double G? Yes, you oh, are. Double G. What's up, baby? Hey, guys. How you living? Y'all see my Christmas present? What, you got a little Herschel? Yeah, a little Herschel there, man. Okay, okay, okay. Gary, you know if Herschel would have grown up about two miles closer to the house I grew up in, he would have gone to my high school. But he didn't. Yeah, yeah you said something about that a few weeks ago. I, I remind people a lot, but he didn't go to East Lawrence. And, right, you know, Johnson County was <laughs> much better. The folks are talking about the, Talking about Herschel. Yeah, what y'all think at, about our uh, running back room for next year? Before you start asking us questions, Gary, the folks in the chat want to break down from you. They don't want to hear from us. They want to hear from you. Oh, break down on a game or break down on this stupid-ass uh, college playoff? Or break down on life, whatever you want to break down. It's, it's your show for the next five minutes. Well, like I told y'all like I told y'all last, uh, last time we talked, they got mm -hmm. the wrong teams in. Showed tonight, didn't it? Well, it showed tonight and last night. Because I told y'all, Missouri was one of the top four teams also. You didn't You didn't have to convince Dane or I. We both were on that train, I think. Were we not, Dane? Oh, yeah, y'all was. Yeah. Cody Schrader should have been in New York for the Heisman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so who's your four? Do, do you have Georgia, Bama, Missouri, and – I have Georgia, Alabama – uh, Missouri, and I said Ohio State because Michigan's automatically disqualified because they cheated. Oh yeah, I forgot you you did you did automatically DQ them for the cheating there. Uh, you wouldn't go Washington over Ohio State. No, who they play? Beat Oregon. Who they play? They played Oregon twice, Gary. Yeah, but that's only only people they played. I, guess. I got to see what they're going to do in the Big Ten. Let's see. Let's see. Corey Carter, thanks for the dollar ninety nine. He said, FSU voted against expansion and it burned us. Goat Dog says, Mr. Stand on Business is here. Uh, you know who it is. John says, I need to know Double G's New Year's Eve plans. What is it? What is what's Double G doing tomorrow night? The football games, I'll be watching them. <laughs> there's probably some, there's probably some games gary there's probably some games but yeah tell us about that tell us about that uh that running back room next year what, what was the question you asked oh uh, we were talking about her so i just said how you how you think we're going to line up in our running back room next year because it's looking good at, at the moment it's going to be so we got etn coming in you need yeah, Brenton so, robinson so to be healthy and i think robinson ETN. Let's run through this, Dane. Let's run through this. Okay. Starting running back, ETN. Yeah, uh, I'll go with that. Okay. So, uh, and and I don't want to say second string, but second running back to come in because Georgia they, they don't really have a starting running back. They didn't have one this year either. It's just it all depends. They have uh, alternating. 
alternating starters. Right. I, yes. What I call it. So Branson. If Branson's healthy. I think it's him. Right. If it's Branson's healthy. After Branson, it gets a little tricky, right? Because we saw, I mean, the, the talk of tonight, obviously, Gary, is zero. Rod Rob. I mean, yeah. kid looked 240 pounds. I just don't know, Dane, if he is an every down running back. Okay. That is that is my question with that. Is he third? I think your third would be Andrew Paul. Okay. Okay. Um, depending Cash on- Jones looked good too, though. So situation right. after that, but then like we got to see these three freshmen that are coming in. We do, and we do. I, you know, usually there there are positions that like freshmen don't play much. Running back's not one of those. Nate Frazier. Nate Frazier is a name to watch out for. Nate Frazier is a guy that uh, that they're definitely talking about in Athens right now. Um, but we 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 do we do realize that we should have had a twelve team playoff this year. Yeah, yeah. Should have. ACC said no. That's yeah. right. ACC said no. They're kind of hating that right now because they're getting sued by Florida State. They could have had a team in. Uh, well, well I'll Florida this, State's going. That, Florida, that Florida, will, I don't know. That won't be the only lawsuit coming. Because I, I do a weekly radio hit in Clemson, and oh. they were talking the other – like Clemson in the month of January is planning on filing. And I told y'all that Florida State's my second favorite team. And I didn't think they deserved to be in the playoffs. You did. You did say that. That's – I don't but, know where they're going, Gary. But somebody, somebody that was on the show was disagreeing with me. His, his first name is – I mean, his first initial with the an E. Mm. And his he's from town, start with an A. Oh, oh. He's going to be back on the show a little later. I'll have oh, to I can be back. <laughs> I have to ask him about that. I have to ask him about that. Double G. Um, overall, though, this season as a whole, Gary. Before I've got a couple other folks. I got James with his baby on his chest. I got to bring him in. There's he's only got so much time. You can okay. come back on a little later with us for sure. Overall, though, if you if we don't get to talk to you again, what was this season like for you as a Georgia fan? It was disappointing because we didn't we didn't do what we we could have done. And it wasn't, it wasn't what, it wasn't what, what, what held us back was failure to execute against Alabama. But everything else though, looked pretty good, right? Yes. Everything else was was great. And we got, we got a, a starting quarterback coming back next year. We have all these other players and coming back and we may be even we were we were probably better this year than we was last year and we didn't win it and we're gonna be better next year than we are now there you have it the man the myth the legend double g we appreciate you my friend i appreciate y'all too y'all have a good night and be blessed if i don't get to come back all right we'll see you let's bring on uh let's bring on roddy and we'll bring on james too we'll get roddy real quick roddy what's going on boss not too much gentlemen how are y'all so, Doing all right. We're just rocking over here. We're rocking. We're moving. We're grooving. Sixty-three to three. Man, I got the new uh, coconut gummies. I mean, uh, chocolate gummies uh, from Rogue. Oh yeah. We'll have to, we're gonna have to dip into those a celebration tonight. Uh, oh, hey, look, dogs go. Last two postseason, I say last two uh, bowl games they played in the championship game in this one. They're one hundred twenty-eight ten 
victories. Yep. They gave up 10 points. And everybody that wants to bitch about, well, Florida State had their third-string quarterback in there. Georgia had his third-string quarterback in there. He scored 21 points, so I don't want to hear it. Mm. Yeah. Hell, their fourth-string guy uh, you know, uh, ran for 14 yards. Fifth-string guy threw a completion. So I don't, I don't want to hear it. And my pet peeve about all the people that complain, you know, George, this is a statement game. George is not one of the best teams out there. They're beating a, a terrible or a opt-out FSU team. They equate transfer portal guys with opt-outs. And if you're going to do that, then you got to do the same for George and say, look, they had 21 opt-outs. And then they had five starters who opted out because they were injured. They just didn't. It's it's marketing. Brock, we told people Brock Bowers wasn't going to play. We told him Marius Mims wasn't going to play. We told him uh, Ra Ra Thomas wasn't going to play. Those aren't opt-outs. Those are guys who might have been able to suit up, but they're like, no, we can't. You know, we're, we're banged up. So don't give me this crap about – is Jordan Davis an opt-out? Or uh, Jordan – who's the QB at FSU? Jordan Travis? Travis. Yeah. Was he an opt-out or was he injured? I don't know if they're counting him towards that 21 or not. I don't know what they they're – Well, I mean, it's just mixed up. So, anyway, uh, I think it's a great win for Georgia, an absolute statement. You know, it, it's a big F you to the uh, committee for not putting Georgia in there. They go 13 and one with the one loss being a three point loss in a real conference game. They didn't get to take on, you know, a, a, a middle of the pack, uh, you know, team like everybody else did when they're their conference games. They had to take on a very good Alabama team. And if you're going to tell me that Georgia's not one of the top four best teams in the nation, I'm going to call you a liar. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. Michigan had Iowa in their, uh, yeah. Championship game. Kind of I appreciate that. Or you let Georgia play Louisville and see if they win. Yeah, yeah. In the ACC championship. Four ninety nine says uh, the committee didn't want to run the risk of another sixty five to seven. This is all about <laughs> entertainment. UJ punished FSU today for voting against expansion. Hey, somebody had to, right? Somebody <laughs> had to. Thank you, Corey. Uh, let's bring on uh, James here. James, I'm move you over here so we can see you. Oh, how you doing, brother? Good. Normally I get on a little bit earlier, but took the time. You do. You do. You didn't start the show with me. I, I'm thinking that's probably baby related, though. Yeah, I got her to sleep so I could spend a little bit more time and, and talk to you guys a little bit more in depth. Nice. 63 to three, Big James. Uh, what, what did this game do for you? You know, I, I was so happy that they put a statement out there, but it, it's bittersweet um, because that Alabama game, you know, they just, they played their worst game of the season and it sucks that with this committee of clowns and some teams get scrutinized uh, resume, some on best team. And it just, it made no sense, but um, it was just bittersweet to, you know, th this is clearly one of the top four teams in the country. And if we don't play our worst game of the season and still only lose by three, um, you know, we're, we're fighting for a three peat. And for me, my what my goal was for the team was not you know a three p I, I really wanted the dogs to win the SEC championship and finally knock them out and they didn't really? have that was that was your 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 you're lying right now James your your goal you you wanted Georgia this year to win the SEC championship not the three p that's what you wanted the most because you maybe you knew that the three p would come if they won the SEC championship is that what you're getting at yeah and a, and a okay. three p is damn near impossible I think Georgia loses in the playoffs you know they say. I mean, what can we do? We won damn near every game for three years. Um, but Bama, that was the one. You know, we haven't won the SEC championship three three years in a row. So for me, it was really, you know, knock Bama out because after that, I think they roll through every team that's in the playoff. 
Dog eighty five says I pick dogs by sixty. I need to see proof. Dog eighty five. I need what? you to up, I need you to upload some type of text message to you know imager or whatever and put it into the chat so I can click it. I'll bring it onto the screen. I do not believe you at all that you picked the dogs by sixty. I do love you though, dog eighty five. There's no way you. I did couldn't that. find that alternate line. Dogs minus sixty. Yeah, I couldn't find it either, James. It was crazy. Uh, I did. I did predict forty nine to ten. Uh, Dane caught some flack on his prediction over on ujsports.com. I just didn't think that a lot of the Georgia players would have the motivation that you normally see. Like every year, there's a really good team that in this kind of game, they just come out a little flat. And I think I think I, saw, I never thought Georgia would lose or anything, but I just I didn't think they would be sharp. And man, like they, they were beyond sharp. That man. When I saw Brock Bowers like practicing, even though it was yoga and stuff like that, and he was still with the team. I kind of knew then I was like, yeah, they're locked in. I knew he wasn't going to play, but I was like, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little bit more locked in for this game and FSU. It seemed like every player that even recorded a stat for them was like, nah, dog, I, I, Georgia. No, nah, I, no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm gonna go uh, prepare for the draft. I'm not going up against them. No, sir. I mean, you saw Cedric Van Prant almost killed a man tonight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was attempted murder on a football field. If it wasn't on a football field, it's like 10 to 15 years what he did to that guy. So, you know, there's a reason some of those guys didn't want to play. Well, the difference, too, is, is just the depth. And it's to Roddy's point of, like, Florida State is this without all these players. Ohio State goes down to a freshman quarterback against Missouri and can't even move the ball. And, like, I just don't see a scenario where Georgia's ever like that. And even tonight where, yeah, Gunnar Stockton gets out there for the entire third quarter. And guess what? Georgia's zooming down the field as much as they want to. Yeah, go back to the fact that uh, the committee said, without your quarterback, you're not good enough. Okay? Mm -hmm. In other words, if you're missing key players, it affects whether or not you're good. Mm. Okay, where are you going with that? I'm just saying, they, all of a sudden they had these players, they had all these players opt out or go into the transfer portal. Yeah, they were terrible. They got beat by 60, a new record in bowl game losses. The largest margin. What was the record before that? 58. What? Who did that, James? I, I think it was the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, wow. That's wow. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So, that, so they set the record last year. Georgia beats it this year against the, and the, remember, they put Georgia behind FSU in the rankings. In order to pour salt to the wound, not only do you drop from one to six, they put FSU ahead of you, then match you up against them, saying that, well, you know, uh, they're, they're not good enough to be in the top four, even though uh, FSU went 13-0. and 0, Therefore, we're going to put them at number five. And, yeah, Georgia lost one game by three points, so we're going to put them at number six, even though Texas and Alabama both had losses. So uh, we'll move them up. And if you're going to say that, uh, you know, taking losing players affects your team, Okay, hey, you kind of proved your point. Georgia lost five starters and had 21 players opt out and still beat your ass by 60 points. Come on, man. You're <laughs> not Brown one of the top five teams. Was Norvell being pissy or was it just me? Mighty quick handshake with Kirby. He, they had some shots of him during that game, man. <laughs> he's just staring off into like – he's staring off into the top deck like, man, I wish I was up there right now. Like I, I wish I was anywhere but here. Uh, yeah, he was, he was definitely big mad, James, no? Oh, uh, he was – he was over it by halftime. I didn't think when they huddled up there that they were even go back to the locker. 
Right. Yeah. No, that was hilarious. <laughs> like they're opting out of the second half, man. That's exactly. So my father-in-law said that he was like, it looks like they're all opting out for the second half. He's trying to bring them back in. He's trying to reel them back in. Um, Evan Grimes with the comment of the night and he, he super chatted. He didn't have to, but we appreciate it. He said, uh, I'm kind of mad that we didn't let Andrew smart get some reps at wide receiver. That's a, he'd have been open. <laughs> have, have you seen him? Have you seen him warm up? The dude. Can yeah. Catch. He can catch now. He's, he's he got hands. Now, you can catch what you what you showing us here. Yeah, uh, so Dane Young, who's on here, has tweeted about have Oscar Delp kind of confidence. You know, Oscar Delp kind of uh, trying to jump over somebody. Oh yeah, very, yeah. Very, very poorly. Accidentally hit the triangle button. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's great for folks that don't play video games. The triangle button in Madden is to hurdle. Uh, so he he accidentally well, hit the hurdle button there. Well, the funny thing is he gets quote tweeted. By his position coach, uh, Todd Hartley says, uh, uh, "Hey, triangle button my ass. Run through his damn chin strap next time." <laughs> Where is that? Where is it? I don't see it. Flat. I, I got. I have to open it up here a second. Okay. But it was a, uh, nice. I'm like, I'm like, damn, you're, you're. They're they're talking shit. And have y'all talked about Warren Brinson being on the uh, IG live? IG live on the no. What what do you say? He was on IG Live during the game, and the and no shot. Yeah. Yeah. So last, what was it last year? They were eating wings on the sideline. This year, they're going to Instagram Live. He was on. Was he just talking shit, James, or was he just like, "Yeah, we're here," you know, like. Yeah, it was down at his hip, and I just saw some screenshots, but uh, I was dying. It is full pads and everything, and they got guys on the phones on IG. There's Todd Hartley, triangle button my ass, run through his damn chin strap next time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's All because awesome. Dane Young had to be a smart ass. Yep. Dane, <laughs> Dane, no, I was not even being a smart ass. Like, I, I don't want that kind of confidence. Like, Dane, I'm not that Dane confident throws, anything. Roddy, you know this as much as I do. Dane throws out so many tweets. He tries to go viral. He just throws them at the wall, and he gets <laughs> this one right here. Last game of the season, he just finally picks one, and it goes. Finally, finally on the board. That's that's all Dane wanted for Christmas, for New Year's, for everything. He that's all he wanted. This this is it. He can die a happy man now. Congrats, Dane. I'll be strutting now like that Vince McMahon meme. Yep, yep. I'm sure that's coming soon. That's going to be on there soon. Um, No, hey, this this is a good question from a comment from Fred. If it didn't look like Yuji had any injuries, that's true. But think about it. Neither starting inside linebacker were out there. You know, Dumas Johnson is off to Kentucky. Uh, Smile Munden, uh, he's going to need surgery on that foot. He's been playing on a broken foot all year or something was wrong with his foot like that. So you had both those guys out. You had Brock Bowers out. You had Amarius Mims out. You had Ra Ra Thomas out. Uh, I mean, what, what, you know, it's uh, five starters you know, that could not play. And, uh, well, we don't call those opt outs, you know, but yeah, just, I'm assuming yeah, it didn't look like it. And it was, uh, what was it? Turnover on downs. Then touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yes, you had nine in a row. No injuries. I'm not even sure they broke a sweat. Damn it, Mike Bobo. Um, I've got a question for you, Roddy. So I know what assuming does. It makes an ass out of you and me, but I do have to assume that these guys that are going to the draft are now going to announce that uh, here next couple days, I would assume. Yeah, I imagine they're going to announce they're going pro. Plus, you're probably going to have a whole series of uh, round two of portal entries. Yeah. You could see uh, Marius Smith go in the portal. You could see a ton of guys. You know, Dan Harris might go in. The, it, just because they got uh, snaps and plays in this game doesn't th- don't think that they're still not going in the portal. You could have as many as, got what, 
seven, eight, nine guys go in the portal in the next couple of days. So don't don't be don't assume that just because um, you know they're not in there now that Georgia is done. I mean, it's there's there's still room. It's still excuse me, there's still time. Guys, speaking of the new guys, I, I wanted to know from you guys who do you think that maybe didn't have a huge impact this year is going to by the end of next year going to be a big impact player that we're talking about. Um, Ooh. So we, we did that a little bit with Jason, Dane, and I did. Um, I picked CJ Allen, but he's going to be a stud. I think Jason picked Anthony Evans, which was a great pick. I think he's going to, you know, be uh, in the rotation there at wide receiver. Uh, who you got, Roddy? Jared Wilson. Uh, that's – I don't know if that's a cop-out because he is going to be the center. So, can, yeah, that's a good pick. He, that's a starter. That's a starter. Fair enough. Fair enough. The only only guy who's going to touch the ball every snap. Yeah, that's a. I don't know if that's a cop out pick or not, Dane. Do you have one? What What was the What was the question? A guy that we didn't see much this year, right, James? That we'll yeah. see next year. Yeah, we'll see a shit ton of them next year. You're right. So, fair. Anybody, Wait, Dane? Our recruiting guys keep saying that, like, hey, Ellis Robinson can come in and start. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's really hard to do with that position. So you're, picking, so you're picking a guy that's not even like officially on the team yet. I'm just going based on the hype of of the guys that follow the recruiting a bit better than me. Okay. If you're saying for guys on the team, like from what I saw from Anthony Evans, I'm excited about that. For Jalen Walker to be more of a leader on the defense besides CJ Allen, I think that's going to be special. Yeah. Uh, Chris Brown says, who's 29 on defense? That's a breakout guy for him. We've got Dylan Bell, Dylan Bell. Uh, another Dylan Bell. Seems like Dylan Bell's the hot pick, but I also think he kind of broke out this year a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so that's that's. I'm trying to go a little deeper it, into James's question. What about Sam and Pemba? He's a guy that I really liked when we brought in. I've seen him dominate someone who's first team freshman All American at tackle. And obviously, you know, I I don't get to see them practice or anything, so I don't know about nobody him. does James. But Roddy would maybe know more from his insider knowledge but he's someone that i think is a raw freak talent that i'm hoping after a year of development we can see some bigger things out of him uh, him absolutely gabe harris damon wilson the the, the three that came yeah. in this year they're freshmen they they've all had their moments you know uh, wilson just got the surgery uh give me jordan hall and christian miller uh, christian miller was also out this is a guy that plays a lot for you this year he was out tonight as well uh give me Christian Miller, Jordan, you, you got to have somebody step on the, on the defensive front. I mean, Warren Brinson coming back is gigantic. Getting Nazir Stackhouse to confirm that he's coming back, gigantic. I don't think he's confirmed it yet. Uh, we all assume he is, but if he's gone public with it, then I missed it. But then that wouldn't be a first for me. Uh, but you've got, to me, look at the areas of need. As Dane uh, did, he's like, look, Jordan needs help. Then the you know, secondary, you got somebody to replace Kamari Lasser. So he goes with uh, – uh, Ellis, per- perfect call. You got to have somebody to step up on the defensive front, maybe on the outside linebacker spot, you know. So, were you picking Mpemba or Wilson or Gabe Harris? Yeah, any of those guys. Uh, then a shot in the dark because Dane did it. He get, he picked a guy that didn't uh, play in the game tonight, Xavier McLeod. We don't know what Georgia is getting with him, but Georgia likes to, if they bring a transfer guy in, they're not bringing him in normally to – you know, sit around for two years and develop. They they want to see some production out of him. Uh, so be interesting to see what they get out of him. To that end, James, just because I've done the film Don't Lie with Brent on the transfer guys that are coming in, 
like there was a ton of reason to be excited about Trevor Etienne, and I think Georgia fans have seen what his potential is, but shades of Sony Michelle there. And so then in my head, I'm like, oh, if Branson really is shades of Nick Chubb and is healthy, like run it back, like get that feeling all over again. Like that, that would be really, really fun for Georgia. I would uh, be young just in terms of like long rangy receivers. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. not anyone on Georgia's roster like that guy. Now there are people that do different things and do some things like better, but in terms of just high point, like be athletic, be bigger. Like that's, I think Georgia's going to be more complete with its skill players than it was this year. That's what I thought, like, Colby Young and ETN. Um, because with the receivers being gone, and, you know, Carson's going to want to be in New York next year, and every finalist, that quarterback, has a stud, you know, go-to target, Stetson with Brock. And so my, I guess my only worry, I guess not worry, concern going into next year is, who are the guys that are the difference makers that Carson's going to be throwing the ball to? Because um, I felt like against Alabama, guys had trouble getting open. So is that going to be Colby Young? Who's going to be the difference maker when, you know, when it comes down, down to a one-on-one, got to make that throw? Carson's great, but are we going to have that difference maker at the outside? Well, and I think, Roddy, you were saying position need tight end. This is going to be, and this is not a shot at Georgia's tight ends. It's going to be two straight years that the tight end room has gotten worse. And I only mean that by saying, like, Darnell Washington left, you can't replace what he did. Brock Bauer is leaving, you can't replace what he did. So who can emerge and become their own star in that room? And maybe it is Adele. Uh, I like what I've seen from Lawson Lucky. Maybe it's Riddell coming in. Like, I think there's talent there, but the offense is going to kind of have to be reimagined when you lose what Bowers brings. And again, the question is who who sticks around. You know, I mean, again, everyone's like, "Well, uh, Daniel Harris played tonight. That doesn't mean he's going to stick around." Uh, Sperling caught a ball. He, he might have just been making tape tonight to see if yeah. he can get it. Uh, everyone's like, "Well, Rod down. Robinson will be back." Rod Rob, I can see Rod Robinson and Andrew Paul going in the portal. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Pierce Sperling could he get? He'll get more playing time somewhere else, maybe. You know, again, I, he's a absolute Georgia guy. I'm just saying hypothetically. Pierce Sperling um, looked like a damn deer out there after he I, caught that yeah, ball. So he was taking five-yard strides. Well, and uh, sometimes, like, like the, way they recruit, the way they recruit freshmen can kind of give you an indication if, like, some of the people in that particular room would be thinking about transferring. So you look at just the sheer number of running backs that you have right now with, what, seven? Se- seven, seven. Scholarship running backs, come on. Yeah, it's it's a high number, right? And that's not even counting Cash, who plays a lot. This is the fourth time you've mentioned Cash Jones tonight. You're done. You cannot. We'll put you on a demerit system. Yeah. It's worse than fumble tonight. What's not to love about that? Jeez. James Cole Spear got got recovered one, so. James, uh, we appreciate you so much. i got the doctor waiting in the background. I want to jump him on here. But uh, we've seen you pre-baby. We've seen you baby now. The baby is growing and healthy. So uh, we appreciate you every week for jumping in on with us, man. We really do. Thanks, guys. It was really fun. I'm glad to be able to talk some ball, Georgia ball with you guys after games. Love what you guys are doing. Roddy, I'm hoping to get some updates of maybe Purdue transfer coming over and some five-star in the second portal or in the second recruiting cycle coming over. There's there's a five-star looking around. Your tweets on my mentions. As soon as Roddy tweets something, it's, uh, it's popping up on my phone. Yeah. All right, brother. James, take Appreciate it easy. It, James. Man. Thank you. Happy man. New Year. Let's bring in uh, the doctor. What's up, Doc? 
What's up, Doc? That's not much. Christmas stuff. Yeah, Christmas. Well, I mean, my my wife said I'm screwed for that. Should have left it up. Yeah, you probably you probably should have, but you know what they say: rub some dirt on it, you'll be all right. You know. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think Florida State was a little wounded tonight in Georgia. A little. <laughs> rub rubbed a whole lot of dirt they in did. their face. Uh, Van Pran, like I, Dane tweeted, I put that in my article. Like Dane tweeted out the video of Van Pran absolutely destroying the guy on the screen. Yeah, that was, like that, that was, was that was the summation of the game. Yeah. That was like the Mighty Ducks the first time they played the varsity in, in the oh. third movie. That was insane. Indie Clip says, uh, oh, you, you're clicking comments. My bad. Uh, he says, Dane should be the one to NIL cast Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you go, keep going. With you. Keep I mean, I made the I made a preseason prediction about cash that I thought he would get like 500 total yards, but I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. Well. This shit. That, what, that, uh, was a, that was a culture victory. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. What, what's, what do we learn from like, this? Like it matters. And what the weather, like what's going to Roddy or put it on the vent and maybe it caused a little bit of stir about people potentially getting in the portal. The numbers say that that's going to happen, but for a period of time, you had a, a leader and a coach head coach who got, gets everybody to put that aside prepare as if this game is the end-all be-all and to play as if this game is the end-all be-all one team did that one team led as if like you would you as an adult would ideally want to respond to being pushed aside with by the committee like that's how you as an adult or how you as a parent want to teach your kid to respond that's how georgia responded the other side not so much complete opposite into the spectrum that was it was what it was it was all about that for me i mean kirby's a master motivator right and then this whole coaching staff and then the older players too last year like or i guess two years ago the carrot on the stick was like they think we're going eight and four and then no one <laughs> said that and i know kirby denied saying that but like it came from somewhere like players believed that people didn't believe in them from somewhere and in this case like kirby made it matter to them to get 50 wins for those seniors and now he's always kind of cared about like senior legacy and like what what are you going to leave behind once you're done here? But to get them to care to that extent in this game against that team after what's happened this year, yeah, like that's 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 leadership, man. Yeah, it is. It's actually insane how much they cared for this game compared to what Florida State cared about this game. Uh, to see two teams, which both go ahead, Ronnie. I think part of that, and I'll give Florida State players credit. They go 13 to no. They do everything right, and it gets pulled away from them. Georgia goes 12 and 0, loses a game. Georgia wants to bounce back. Florida State feels like they got screwed. Yeah, that is. It's a lot easier to be motivated mm -hmm. when you you want to get a sour taste out of your mouth because you lost a game. You want to prove that that game was a fluke. That game was, you know, not who you are. You go out and you win the ACC championship game with your, you know, backup third string quarterback, and you're like, "Hey, we we go, we're going in," and they take it away from you. You're like, "Screw this!" You flip the monopoly table over, you know, you walk out of there. You're like, the committee basically told them, even if you go 13 to 0 in your conference, that's not good enough. Your conference, your the type of football you play is not good enough. 
Uh, winning with your third string quarterback, not good. You didn't score enough points. So I can see, to your point, the culture. And we can give Kirby a lot of credit for, you know, all those guys being dialed in. He is a master motivator. But what is Kirby always looking for when he starts talking in spring ball? He'll start talking about we need leadership on this team. We need leaders to step up. And if you want to get him, if you want to lose, we get we get 20 minutes with him every week usually. If you want to lose five minutes, ask him a leadership question because he will go off on it and he will talk about how he needs them or who is actually stepping up and he will call them out for who's doing a good job because he understands that just like when you're doing recruiting, when uh, you had all those guys come that were being recruited here, the reason you got K.J. Bolden probably is because when he went on the FSU visit, I heard it didn't go so well. Mm. Comes to Georgia, the visit here, the guys who are playing, even the guys who are not playing, who are your hosts? Like, yeah, man, it's great here. And I'm not saying mm. they have enough as you. I'm just saying that the coaches can tell you to do something, but when it's the other players doing it, it means more. When the other players are recruiting you and they're telling you what it's really like, you know, and you're like, well, you're probably not going to start here, but, you know, if you do everything the coaches say, you, you'll get a legit shot. You know, oh, this is great. This part sucks. And they tell you that stuff, and you're like, okay. So if you're uh, lining up in practice and you have uh, Cedric Van Pran calling you out for not going hard, you go hard. Whereas Stacy Searles is calling you out, you're like, God damn, coach is riding my ass. But if it's, you know, uh, Tate Ratledge, you know, Xavier Trust calling you out, like, man, I'm getting called out by my own guys. I better step it up. It, you know, they see it. They're, they're not on my side in this one. So if you get those, the leadership on the team saying this game matters, we want that 50th win. We want to show the committee that they screwed up. You know, Kirby can try to motivate them, but the players themselves. So to your point, Brent, it is culture. And I will give FSU a little bit of credit for saying, look, you know, they got screwed really badly in their minds. Again, I don't think they're one of the four best teams, even if they had all their guys healthy. I definitely believe Georgia is. I don't believe Washington is one of the four best teams. You know, I don't know that that brand of football is or that conference is, deserves to be in there. But my point is uh, give the, the, the this senior class 50 wins, unprecedented, Back-to-back national titles. No one's done that. And they said that this game mattered. They could have coasted. If anybody could have coasted, it could have been the guys that had already had two titles in their back pocket, two big rings, you know, so, and an SEC championship ring. But like, nope, we're going to go kick somebody else's ass because that's what we do. And then the third and fourth string guys got in there, and they kicked ass. I mean, they, they could have scored 70. Y'all know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they could have scored saying, I think your point – Roddy is actually a bigger picture, great point about what's going to matter moving forward in college football, what matters now and what's going to move forward. Because look at the people you, that you're talking about that are leading the charge for Georgia and how their attitude and all that sort of stuff from a player perspective, Cedric Van Pran, Carson Beck, who's who stayed and been there since his fourth year there, seniors versus look at the people who opted out for Florida State versus transfer. Great point. Keon Coleman, transfer. Jaheim Bell, transfer. Like, if your team was built on in, in the mercenary model, adversity maybe, you know, all right, peace, see ya. Versus well, we, we recruiting, had a great... developing, and keeping, that's going to matter. Like, Washington there, is really the only team that might have playoff. Because, like, Ole Miss made that work. They're kind of that way. Right. We had right. a we had a comment to start the show, and it's probably one of the best comments uh, of the night. And basically, to your point, Brent said, "This is what happens when you have a team that's built off the transfer portal and a team that's built internally, for the most part. You see what happens. 
this game matters a little bit more to those guys that have been around for three or four years, as opposed to the guys that have been around six to eight months, if that, yep. you know, so it's, it's completely different. They have that G on well, it's buy-in it's buy-in no matter yeah. what, because yeah. I mean, you got to give Dominic love it. Some love mm-hmm. that, that dude is an absolute baller. He, He's willing, well, yeah, he's willing he, to go out there and die. But for he him. didn't he didn't opt out though, is what I'm getting at. He didn't opt yeah, out. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with he's you. Bought in. Yeah. So it, it, well, it all, all kind of goes said to- that's wrong with like college football and bowl season and all that stuff. Like everything's talking about portal and all that. I do think it's super cool that on one sideline you see Brock Bowers and like he's not gonna play. He could be out in Arizona rehabbing and training for his next steps. And he wants to be down there in Miami, standing on the sideline, watching his dudes. Like that's where he wants to be. And you look on the other sideline, and there's a lot of things you can point out what's wrong. But Jordan Travis there on his crutches is what's right. Yes. Yeah. Good point. I thought you were going some. I thought you were going to the I thought he was Roddy brought up Ole Miss. I thought you were going to bring up my pregame comment about Jordan's schedule next year. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that that was a that was just an, an asinine comment in the group. I don't think so. Are, are was, you going to bring it to light, Paul? Or are you going to live it? Sure, down sure. The so right before, so I know I know Dash was just cussing, right? Because Dash is a he is a guy of uh, set times, right? And he is all about that structure. Needs stru- structure. Wants the structure and wants people to handle their business because he does. Right, right. And here comes. Uh, the doc Brent Rollins into the group chat and says, Oh man, I think Ole Miss could be a top five team next year. And I had to, I had to come out. I was like, Yo, what are you spewing? You said preseason, then, right? Pre-season. Like, I just said preseason. And then we heard from Choppy for the first time in a month and a half. And then it started, it started down this, this road. And I just know, I just know I had, I couldn't comment anymore. Well, I turn off the group chat. No, that's because I knew, I knew that Dash was sitting up in that press box going, damn it, guys, the game's about to start. And y'all talking about this bullshit right here. And we ain't, we, ain't, we ain't talking about the game. The game's about to start. And, oh, my God, he's talking to Pat, right? He's talking to Patrick. He's like, guys, why are we talking about Ole Miss top five? The game's about to start. We've been in this press box for five hours, guys. And, and now they want to talk, talk talking about bullshit. And blowing up my, my, my computer's about to blow up. Damn it exactly what was going on and i was like i can't respond to this man because i know i have too much respect for dash and that's exactly what was going on you know it, you know it was roddy so yeah. i was like i can't but yes it was an asinine take he said old miss was gonna be top five next year no shot preseason he's right though i think i'm right right the doc's I right old, i know their quarterbacks coming back they get all these defensive guys in the portal mm-hmm. they just won 11 games the first Dude, time in hey, history I, how is the top five preseason determined next year? It's just by based on how we finish this year. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. based on people that don't watch the game. So Old Miss, if yeah, old. So that's what I'm getting at. If it was by people that watch the game, yeah, maybe Old Miss would be a top five. It's based on people that don't watch the game. Old Miss will not. Dude, be all, all they've heard about is how Old Miss won the portal and they beat Penn State and you know, they blah blah blah. The voters the are a sham, especially if Michigan gets their tails kicked in. If Michigan yep. gets their tails kicked in, like by Bama, then it's going to be Bama, Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, Oregon. That's going like that's going to be the top five. Hey, let's let's get back to Georgia here. I want to give anyway. a shout out to Alvaro Pineros. Pineros, try that. Uh, third, fourth string players were auditioning. Very much so. Some of them were auditioning to move up. Some of them were auditioning for the portal, maybe. But a lot of them were showing what they could do. And again, I I'm, I kind of made a joke tweet during the halftime. I'm like, hey. Uh, pull all the starters, put in the second string, put in the third string, put in the fourth string, let those use the second half like a G day game. Get ready for 2024. And I'll be damned if Gunnar Stockton didn't walk out there. I'm like, 
They saw the starting. Hey, it was twenty-one to three. Them. play, and the third, fourth string to Alvaro's point, they gave up twenty-four points and twenty-four yards in the second half. Your second, third string defenses gave up twenty-four total yards in two quarters. I will say, Florida State was running like youth league uh, Wildcat okay. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was bad bad when they started. Yeah, early. when they, yeah, when they started that Wildcat stuff, I was like, oh boy. They, like, uh, this is not they just want game this now. game to be done. Yeah. Which is because I texted Brent in the first quarter Thank and I'm you, like, bro. Brock Glenn, I kind of like the way he throws the ball. Like, he looked good to me. His yeah, receivers weren't helping time. him at all. Yeah, he had zero time. It, I thought every third throw would be a chuck, would be a deep shot. Captain Guy Bob with a 999 dona- donation says, been watching UGA football since Tarkington was still in high school. Had season tickets during Herschel days. The last three years have been outstanding. Captain Guy Bob, we appreciate you so much for that. So Dude, glad the whole Fear family is just an unreal. You know, I, I know his kids. I know the captain. Oh, you know uh, the captain. I do. Uh, oh. Great, great family. I hope they had a wonderful Christmas, and I hope they have a very merry New Year. This guy's been a big supporter of our site for a long time. Uh, I worked uh, with one of his children, and nice. uh, uh, and everybody in everybody in my workplace had a crush on his daughter. Hey, everybody oh, exactly time Allison came in the whole the whole business was shut down and they're just like uh, hey back to work people you know well, can't wait for that 999 charge back thank you for the 999 <laughs> to start though captain oh he Appreciate knows it. everyone loves allison she's one of the greatest out there they're all Somebody, they're, it's a super family they said oh we need more dasher impressions no do not <laughs> send that do not send that to dad <laughs> oh you know that's going on tiktok I'm texting you know right, now. It right now dash come in here and cook this boy <laughs> Did not do that. Uh, Will Hewitt says uh, for four ninety nine says got lo- mad love for all you guys at UJ Sports and Rivals. Appreciate all the content and coverage you guys give us. Let's go get the crown back, go dogs! Yeah, man. You, you after watching tonight, I can definitely see Georgia fans having a for sure gripe, and it's going to get even worse, I think, uh, Brent, when we watch these two semifinal games and the lack of production out of those games is going to be. Uh, the dagger for Georgia fans after watching this 63 to three win. So Chris is right. <laughs> what, uh, Ohio State could have started Brock Lynn. Yeah. yeah. I will, I will say I did have one. We are on an overreaction show. So I did have one sort of point within what I wrote on the, on the side. Yes. We, after the game, this might be the first overreaction. overreaction. This might be the first overreaction. We've been live for an hour 30 of the whole show. So go ahead, please. Gunner's got to do some work on the release. Oh, there you go, man. Oh, he, he might too, not be wrong, though. It's too slow. It's a little slow from the time he decides to, and the ball comes like starts coming separating to the time the ball is out. Too slow. It's not fast enough. Got to work on that. Now, granted, we've watched Beck all season and it's his is lightning fast. But just got to work on it. Mm. Hey, unless, I, unless you I want to be QB three, when Puglisi, he may have a slow one, but he, ain't has slow a he takes off the run. No, wheels that son of a bitch Play will not slide. Great. Yeah, he won't slide. I, I was like, <laughs> man, he just wanted to get hit tonight. There was he had numerous times where he could have gotten down well, and he hit. wanted the contact. Yeah, you wanted contact. Yeah, he's like, and dude, I went and saw him. I think four times no. in high school. I say like, it's not Raven anymore. No, <laughs> and. It was the same thing up there. It's like uh, he'd make his read, run, or throw. And every time, it, and my point is, every time I went to see him, the least number of touchdowns that he would score in a game, either throwing or running, was six. 
So I never saw him score less than 42 points in a game. Definitely a playmaker. Wheels are in the feet yeah. in the field for it. The feel for where to move to and how to get create space in a pocket and or to create space to run. Great. Yeah. But in terms of I got you on the release. Gotta get it out. Well, I like that point too, because like he's QB two right now, and he and Beck strengthen weaknesses about opposite, right? Where like your offense is completely different. Yeah, Yeah. when Beck gets into trouble, it's when like the play is off schedule, when he has to improvise, and he scrambled some. He can do that, but I'm saying when he has poor throws, it tends to be not from the pocket, not on time. Whereas Gunner. Brent, we were texting about it a little bit. It's like, get them out and get them moving. Yeah. Your offense, you, you almost have to have two kind of offenses next year. That's what I was – I was just two. about to ask that because I was watching Gunner and I was thinking, man, he does things that Carson can't, but Carson does things Gunner can't. What if Carson goes down? What happens with this offense? Because they – to Dane's point, I think everybody saw it. Gunner is electric with the ball in his hands. Yep. He's just he's not a great passer like Beck is, but Beck can't do the things Gunner can with his feet. So what you happened? Become more 2021, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. RPO, yeah. Right. mixing QB run. Okay. That kind of stuff. Was first three plays, run, run, run. The first and third downs were Gunner running. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, oh, oh I like – and here's the thing. Mike Bobo knows how to use both quarterbacks. And let's give Mike Bobo some love. I mean, you can give him some hell, but and he scored nine touchdowns in a row, and I thought it was some brilliant play calling. Um, now, Lad McConkey saved his ass on that uh, <laughs> double that double pass, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was – What a play. Well, Cash Jones well, also got his face mask grabbed on that. I think that was yeah, his first read, so. That could be. Uh, I'm, just, I'm teasing there, but uh, yeah, sure. for all the folks who want to bitch about Mike Bobo, and look, he dialed up. I think it was the second drive, the last three plays or last four plays were just brilliant. Like, man, the, Florida State didn't know what the hell was going on. They couldn't get lined up. And he, he decided to go tempo and just caught them with their pants down and just uh, just got them. And uh, Carson Beck checking out of that uh, pressure from the left side, you know, hands it off to Milton, who goes in 15 yards for a touchdown. Great call there. But my point is you can have a instinctive quarterback uh, who likes to – will take off with his legs and run you know, who is not a great pocket passer, doesn't have that quick release. Mike knows how to use that guy and win games with him. Or you can have a Carson Beck, you know, a meticulous surgeon. He threw a couple of darts tonight. They were just brilliant. The throw to and, Bell. The yeah. throw to Bell was you, probably you one of the best. You knew what I was talking about before even said. And, and, and Bell doing – The doing one over shoulder. Psychotic yeah. things, you know. Uh, he had the first – and everyone tells me that I'm wrong for that first pass to Bell they didn't get around on when they turned it over on downs. It looked to me like Bell didn't get his head turned around there. I could be wrong. Maybe it's a bad pass. I didn't have a good angle on it. But the give either quarterback you got, and you give him some weapons, that offense is going to be nasty. A good running game, a good offensive line. Uh, the fact that Tate Rattler just coming back, and you have Micah Morris just moving people around. Micah was killing people today. Um, Monroe Freeling looked good. I know they want him to be a little uh, stronger. He'll be stronger by next year. Uh, you got uh, Ernest Green just at, uh, Ernest Green murdered somebody today as well. I, I said, Look, call the police, he killed somebody. Uh, give me those offensive linemen, give me a running game, give me some uh, a good quarterback and uh, guys throwing it. Georgia has a ridiculously tough schedule to your point. They could be facing three of the top five teams on the road, and you gotta like their damn chances just because of the, the 
either quarterback being out there. So very impressed with uh, Gunner tonight and very impressed with the way Georgia used his offense to either – or used him, used him offensively. Three drives, three touchdowns, what more can you ask? Hell, have a package where you put Beck and Gunner out there at the same time. And Absolutely. Like, Ooh, run RPOs off of him. Man, yeah, that, would be, that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be nuts. That would be insane. So, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to uh, step out real quick. I'll bring, bring Eddie on. Uh, yeah, Eddie just texted me and said he has two of reactions. So, yeah, come back on, Roddy. Yeah, um, but uh, when we come back, we got to talk a little bit about the Rogue Shop because i got some new stuff I want to show you all. But we'll Hell talk yeah. about it when I come back. See ya. Um, someone put about uh, Roger Robinson. So, I, I know a high school coach – uh, in California, uh, that in that area, that has is very 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 familiar with with Robinson's game, and was texting with him during the game because he looked as good as he's looked all year. And his comment to me was that you know, if he could get back to his sort of old playing weight of about two twenty five, get the the sort of top end speed, yeah, back he's, because he's the big. balance and power he's a little look too big. He's a little too big right get now. Get that freshman fifteen off. Thick. Well, and and I think a lot of it, you know, in, the injuries he was dealing with probably, I bet, hurt him uh, from a from a conditioning standpoint. But if he gets in like shape and gets down to, you know, two twenty five ish that range, and you add a little more speed to his the way he moves and cuts and feels and just bounces off of people, if he uh, you know if he's still there, that's. And yeah, I bet he's two forty to two forty five. Yeah, he's he's at least two forty right now. CT, what's up, CT? Uh, Eddie, you text me, and I was gonna get you back on the show. Thank but, you, Paul. Uh, you you text me and let me know. Hey, I'm still in the lobby. That's what that text was. I know it was. But you said you have two overreaction. I, I was doing what you said to hang on. I know, right? I know. So I appreciate trying that, to help man. you. Hey, yes. Brent. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hope you're well. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas yeah. to you. Uh, Two overreactions. You kind of touched okay. on it there a little bit, Brent. Um, Kendall Milton ran like a man possessed, and that's that's what we've been waiting on. I mean, when that guy's healthy, he's a beast, okay? But I'm going to point it out right now. That one run he had, it may have been we were up seven to nothing, and he broke loose. It was an incredible run, and he got caught from behind. We don't have that guy who can house it. We don't have it. Is there anybody in in the running back room right now? Maybe Cash Jones. Dane's going to say that he can out. No, no, I don't. Well, I, I, I that was I half didn't. kidding. Half kidding. But we don't have that guy. Maybe we do with Nate Frazier next year. I don't know, but we need that. The second thing, you know, how many sacks we had tonight, guys? Uh, no, because that was a prop bet. Um, one, I put, one. I put under. Yes, one. let's go. And I put over just to go opposite of you, Paul. Let's yeah. go. Forced a couple fumbles, though. Like, do those count as sacks? Yeah. Those don't count yeah, as sacks that, as well. That so was I, the one sack. It was sack. Right, one right. Sack, yeah. That was Michael Williams' strip sack, and he got that fumble. That's a problem next year, guys. We have got to get after the quarterback better. I, I, I saw that one time where Michael did that. I was like, that's what we are missing this year. We need that next year to get after the quarterback and cause them problems. We didn't do that this year. I, I actually – so to, to James's point, he says I need a round-the-horn mute button. I can mute you guys, but I'm afraid that I would click you off of the screen if I did that, and I'd, I'd, my, I have fat fingers, so um, it wouldn't work out. And then they'd be mad because they'd be like, is my audio messed up? So I don't want to do that. But, yeah, I, I feel you, James, because that's it's crazy. So Eddie, uh, I think Eddie is correct, though. Yeah, agreed, and – Trevor Etienne may have some of that. That's one of those if, answers. Good, I think. A healthy Branson. I don't know the top end speed. Like I don't think we've seen it. But like, I don't, 
I used to not think that Nick Chubb was fast until he was. You know what I mean? Like you look at him and you're like, oh, well, he's Todd, just, Todd he's Gurley just... never looked fast until he outran guys on the field. You know? Right. So it, you just, it's different. You just don't know what you're getting off that patellar tendon, and that's a that's a tough injury, right? Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, Nate Frazier, I think somebody commented. Chris mm-hmm. Hayes did said Nate Frazier eventually will be that guy, but you're going to rely on him as a true freshman next year. It's going to be hard for him to get up the pecking it's, order in terms of getting carries. It's it's ETN. Like it's at least for how much? Okay, because yeah. Georgia loves uh, Brent to incorporate as many running backs as possible and it's it's um sickening sometimes because you'll have a guy like kendall milton who is just running at seven yards to carry that then you just take him out after three and then you put in dejon or vice versa or whatever and that he gets two yards and it kind of blows up the whole the whole thing right the whole mojo is gone is etn i don't think we'll ever see it where like cody schrader was just mizzou's guy Right? Is ETN that type to where you could just throw them in there and just let them go? I, I just don't it's going to have to still be committee based. I, I, stay, I don't think you're ever going to see it. I, yeah. I think you could see the one two, like the yeah. one, much like you saw towards the latter part of this year once Kendall got healthy. It was Edwards and Kendall. Yeah. Like, for the most part. And, and I think that's, that's always what it's going to be at its, unless you just have injury after injury after injury to where you literally just have two guys. But I don't, I don't I think it's especially with what the schedule is going to be in moving forward, knowing that you're going to have to win potentially three playoff games, like at least two, but three, maybe three. Like you just it, it, you're going to do the committee thing. You also <laughs> have Chris asked who was, who was the last guy to do it for Georgia that was really a solo guy, maybe DeAndre Swift. Yeah, but he still had some help from even that way. Harry, like oh, that year, yeah. Harry and still had a ton of carries. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You hope you just have more well-rounded players, though, because, like, yeah, you had Dejan Edwards do his thing this year, and then Milton toward the back half of the year was great. But there was a point of the year where Cash Jones was coming out on third down, and it was an indication that it's a pass play, like, every yeah. single time. Like, that happened middle of the season, right, where he was your – what are we cheering Sorry. I'm West Virginia is going overtime against Ohio State basketball. <laughs> Random. West Virginia basketball here on UGA Sports. Yeah, sorry. So, Brent, do you think if that carry I'm talking about, if you remember, if that's ETN, he houses that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do, because that's much like he did against Tennessee. Yeah, that's good to hear. And and now to your second point, I've said this on radio show, like, and other stuff we've done. I think that's an off-season sort of thought process, big picture thing that they're going to have to look at defensively because their structure, their defense, you've seen it at its peak. 2021, like you've seen it at its peak from a body type and player standpoint and what it can do and the pressures and the pass and the way they can get up to the quarterback. But you like, you don't just grow top 20 picks on trees. Like, and they don't just keep, funneling on the defensive line that is like you just don't you know carters wyatt's trayvon nolan smith like those guys you just don't have them year in year all the time and but you do have sometimes guys like damon wilson who is clearly from a speed and ability skill set the best pass rusher you have but he's also not your best run defender so you the balance of the early down 
those guys playing on early downs and maybe giving up a little bit in the running game and having two true edge guys like Mike Hill on one side and, and Dane Wilson on the other, or Dane Wilson on one side and Pimple on the other. Like the balance of that versus giving up the stuff in the run game, like that's something I think they're going to really need to think about because where did actually Alabama hurt them in that in the SEC championship game? It was on early downs. Yeah. And it was often, oftentimes on early downs with Milrose legs because you didn't have Jalen Walker is another name, by the way. Like he might give up a little bit in the run game. So like the, I think the talent, but from a, cause you got scheme issues there. You got scheme. That's what they do is they control. They sort of, they play the ultimate team defense versus what we're seeing. What we want to see is two guys just instantly winning and beating tackles off the edge. Yeah. And they don't do that because it doesn't, function and help the ultimate team defense. So it's a thing. And, and I'm going to really do a lot of look at early downs versus third down and do that stuff in the off season, just to see if it's something that you could get away with a little bit, maybe sacrificing some of the run game strength for potential early down pass rush success. So we've got here, uh, looks like Roddy put this up on the screen because it's not my computer. Uh, <laughs> it's Daniel Harris with the uh, – this is such a great clip from Wolf of Wall Street. It really is. Yes. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Harris saying, stop asking. And I don't know. Is can that you the one where he says, running it back, like we're going to – we're coming back? Yeah, I'm not – I'm not – I'm not leaving. I don't know if you can hear it or not. Let's see. I'm not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Is it about to get – very interesting from a oh yeah i'm not fucking leaving <laughs> yeah. there it is and that my friends is how this show becomes demonetized this week welcome welcome uh so if you want to send some donations to keep this show afloat we would appreciate it because now we have showed you that clip and it is now gone uh whoever warner brothers whoever made that paramount is going to be on our ass quicker than you think well, but at least you didn't hear the margot robbie quote the margot yeah. robbie one right yeah you could have shown right. that one. Yeah. Right, we could have, we could have, <laughs> could have, uh, but um, that go that tells you. So uh, Daniel Harris is is not leaving. What is this? Dane has pulled up something. I what put is this? this one up here. This is uh, from David Hale of ESPN. Mike, Mike Norvell implied that if FSU had lost the ACC championship game, they wouldn't have had all the opt outs. <laughs> what? Yes, Hold exactly. on. Exactly. Exactly. Mike Norvell implied that if FSU had lost the ACC championship game. They probably wouldn't have had all the opt-outs. The committee decision drove a lot of the choices not to play. He should have lost a little with them. Should, he should have tanked the game. It has been better for the that, that kind of goes back to what Roddy was saying, though, right? With Georgia losing. Okay, I see in the background throwing your I, hands up. I see. I, I will say, though, Norvell instantly, and, and maybe he did this. We, don't, we have no idea. But he instantly should have went to his team the, as soon as he saw the – the playoff four and said, we are going to beat the ever loving, you know what, out of whoever we play. I well, don't care. And we're going to show them that we should have been in the playoff that you should, that you and the AP, because guess what? The AP still has like, maybe don't crown one, but they can vote as number one. Like that should have been his whole deal. And it obviously wasn't. 
and you. Well, how saw, do you know that? It could have been Brian. I mean, maybe Hold it on. was, and they, they said peace out anyway. Yeah. Hold on, Come on, because you saw it. They they showed FSU when they were not put into the Final Four, and Mike Norvell was sitting in that chair next to Jordan Travis and kind of put his head down and sat there for about thirty seconds. Now, who's to say he didn't get up and say exactly what? Yeah, Brent that's a said. momentary reaction. I mean, come on. But right? that momentary reaction is then played over and over and over again on ESPN, and your team then sees that. That's all I'm getting at. Instead Maybe. of let's go, like, all right, bring it yeah. on. Whoever's next. Yeah, he should have. I mean, in hindsight's 2020, right? But maybe stand up right there, right after that, and been like, hey, guys, we're not in, but we're going to. I get the at. human emotion out of it, though, because yeah, his team probably. literally won oh, yeah, every 1, game he's played. 1,000%. Hey, can I ask you guys one last question? And I'll get off here, Paul. Oh, boy. I have okay. an overall question. So, does this game, and I, I am so damn proud of what Georgia did tonight 63 to 3. Absolute statement. I mean, my heart is full. I love what they did. Kirby just said F you to the committee. I loved every second of it. Does this game nationally, media-wise, mean anything? Does the committee look at this Ooh. and say, we made a mistake? Does the media look at this and say, uh, they screwed up? Or is it still the narrative? FSU had all their players out. It doesn't mean anything. Georgia was supposed to do this. Go. You just, I think it's you – I think it's what I tweeted that since 2017, other than Trevor Lawrence and his freak show team in 2018 and Burrow and that freak show team in 2019, Georgia and or Alabama are the two best teams in college football. Every in your mind, 17, though, Brent, 20, I mean, 21, that, 22. Like, yeah, you said that, Brent. I'm talking about overall the media, all these people. Are they thinking like that? I know you are. No, because like this is one of those years that there wasn't a right answer on the playoff. Like Michigan had an, an argument to be in, Washington had an argument to be in, so did Texas and Alabama and Georgia and Florida State. Two of them were going to be left out. So there there wasn't a way to get this right. Yeah. There was just like what it is. Did and they get the four best teams? No, they didn't. They did some weird hybrid of most deserving and best, and they didn't know how to differentiate that. And James brings up a good point. I think that's to me what I've learned. What that Herbie's going to be the first one to downplay it? Well, <laughs> just the name, the name. <laughs> yeah, that he controls things way more than he even yeah. maybe he realizes it. Oh yeah, like he started this talk with Florida State not being in. Yep, and guess what? He's calls the game tomorrow or Monday. Oh, and yeah. then Tuesday you're going to hear it was the most watched college football game ever. You're mm -hmm. gonna, it's going to happen. And then all those guys are going to be like, we won. We're good. Like, yeah, we got it right. Yeah. And that's, and like, cause you know, like, that's the thing. Herb Street, like to me, like he wants to call the best game. Like he, he <laughs> four states at four, he's, he's calling a crap game. Like, but, and the influence I think is just whether he realizes it or not, I'm sure he does. It's just, you, that's large. It's very large. So if Alabama, one. if Alabama loses, against Michigan, does that help our case nationally or not? That would hurt Georgia's case because yeah, I think so? it hurt. you think so? The best thing for Georgia would be for Alabama to go win at all, and that would show you that one and two were in Atlanta. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Brent's shaking his head no, too. I don't know. I, I don't know because, to me, Alabama lives on the extremes way too much with, with Milrow. If he's not efficient enough, efficient enough for them to just go dominate people, they might physically dominate Michigan, maybe. But, uh, like, He's not efficient enough to like it's. They have to just physically overpower them in the run game to me and defensively for that game to get out of hand. Yeah, this comment by uh, 
Chris Callahan makes a good point. Says in the system changes next year, going to be a lot more Bama Georgia championship games going forward. As long as Nick Saban's there, yeah. I have a whole. I've been workshopping like an article on all these thoughts I have about what can truly like if you started from scratch. Like Tip Kelly's comments that day. I don't know if you saw that clip over, over the last week and a half or so where he's talking about. He's like, not that I, not that I've thought about it or anything, but, but just how college football should be. Yeah, and basically giving the model for it. Like I've thought about so many different things, and I, I think when you go to twelve, one, it puts way more emphasis on the quarterback and the backup quarterback, but also two, it's the teams with more talent and more depth, i.e., Alabama and Georgia, that are going to survive the issues that happen that's within the, that realm. That's the biggest word probably for next year: survive. You, it, it's the schedule is large. Get there and survive. You got to get there and survive. To that end, too, there's going to be a reckoning coming with the value of conference championships. Oh, yeah, for sure. They should go away completely, I think. Probably should go away because that's just an extra game at this point that uh, we'll see next year. You know, the second is Georgia 10 and 2. Georgia 10 and 2 sits at home and waits for a home game. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's also. Not to not to like throw any crazy conspiracies out there, but I have said this. Now, coaches obviously want to win games, but the people that you know put the butts in the sands and and the financials of this all would really love an extra home game that would bring in <laughs> God knows how many millions of dollars. Oh my! So, God. hey, well, if you don't even win that structure, game, I think is right. kind of screwed up because I can make the argument it's better off to be ranked five through eight than one through four. Yep. One million percent. Yeah, yeah. You get a home game. Yeah, one through four should have a home game. That's the dumbest thing. Oh yeah, that's awful. So yeah, you get you get a home game next year. I'm not saying teams are going to throw games to to have a home game, but I'm also saying they're not that they that they're not going to either. Because you get that home game, that is a big. You get Ohio State at home in the middle of December when it's 27 degrees and it's freezing snow, and you bring in Florida State. I mean that's a that's a huge advantage. Sucks for Florida State too. Yeah, you know, so like it, it's a huge a huge advantage. So and like Indy Clip says, a home playoff game for UGA would be nuts. Anybody. It's only going to take one or two of those events where it's like, oh, look how great this is, yeah. and then they'll add more of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie, I've got some folks waiting in the background. I'm going to appreciate you too. so much. Oh, All, right. All right, Doc. We'll see you. Is, is Roddy coming back? I'm sure he is. Yeah, and we've got unfortunately we've got Choppy back. Hey, here. Brent! So Merry New Year. Year! Happy New Year to you, Eddie. See you, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see so, you. So we get we get the chopster. Oh man, are you staying? Well, if okay, I was just making sure we were getting okay, we're coming. coming back. He will be lady will be left by himself. You know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm scared go of the dark. West Virginia's down four with minute fifteen, so I got to see if they come back. <laughs> the real reason he's taking off. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Georgia won by. 20 points of basketball today, too. Hey, they're 10 and 3. 10 and 3. Shout out. I've been watching a lot of basketball. And yeah, shout out to Hoop hoop Dogs. Might have to do some film, don't lie on basketball. Somebody asked, we'll do a POS on basketball. We might. We might. Why not? All right. Well, happy new year, fellas. We'll see you later. Yeah, happy new year to you, too, brother. All right. We really want to put ourselves through this, Roddy, for the last uh, bit of the show. Yeah, we got to. I guess we do. It's like uh, lancing a boil, I guess. Yeah. There he is. I'm not muted. No, you're not. I'm not, I'm not muted this time. I, I always do it because I don't know if something's going to be going on in the background when you bring me on. Well, so, um, so 
for somehow when I started the show, you weren't here, you would have made fun of me. Uh, my mic got unplugged and I was muted for like a minute right with the beginning of the show. And I'm telling Jason, I'm like, talk, talk. And Jason's just sitting there, dude. And I was like, man, somebody's got to talk. So I'm glad you weren't here to make fun of me. But you would have probably stepped up and said something. I probably would have noticed. Sometimes we watch Jason just sitting there like, I don't think he's he, he knows what's he's, going on. He wasn't on watching me. He's, he wasn't watching me. Choppy, what's up, man? That game was uh, – I'll say this. That win was basically for recruiting because after all the battles you have with FSU, no matter what the optics are – because George could say we had this many players transfer, I think um, – I, I think it was Roddy. It might have been you that posted. Like they have, they have more than fifteen guys who transferred out. Um, and then Georgia you had all had eighteen injuries. scholarship guys, twenty uh, three more non scholarship guys. But three of those scholarship guys or non scholarship guys were actually guys who have played a lot. Jackson Meeks, uh, Makai Muse, guys who actually contribute to your football team. So you had twenty one players opt out, and that was my point when I came on. Was everyone's complaining about the FSU uh, opt outs, but they conflate opting out and being in the transfer portal is the same thing. To me, that's not the same thing. But if you do want to, if you want to do that, fine. Georgia had 21 opt-outs in the transfer portal, and they had five opt-outs because they couldn't play because they were injured. So you were down 26 players, and you still set mm-hmm. the record for the largest margin of victory ever. But the narrative is Georgia was playing at full strength with all a bunch of five-star first-round draft picks, mm-hmm. and FSU was starting their equipment team and uh, uh, <laughs> cheerleaders. So, yeah. Uh, Give me, give me a break. Yeah, so that's the first thing where I'm just like, I understand Florida State had a lot of people out. I understand they were out, man, but Georgia had so many people out too. So I, I don't get that. Every every game, there's opt-outs on both sides now. It's very yeah. rare you see one team with just everybody playing the other side not. Shoot, you don't even have teams in the college world playoff that don't have opt-outs or transfers already. Texas exactly. doesn't have their backup quarterback. Like Texas, yeah, like with Murphy. And also, did you see the image of uh, Arch Manning with the media? Yeah, with, uh, Quinn Ewers, that that was pretty funny. But back on the game, I mean, outside of that one deep pass, which it was perfect coverage with Daniel Harris on it, they had nothing all day. They they couldn't do anything. It was just like you 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 look and you say, "There's some wildcat." The the whole game. Whenever I see a, a team use the wildcat formation like ten or more times and look like a mid uh, like a, one of those uh, Army Navy triple option teams, I'm like, yeah, they're dead. They just know they're dead. I remember, I think it was the second drive of the game. They ran the ball three straight times up the middle. They got nothing. I'm like, they know they're dead. Yeah. They just walked in there. They're like, nah, it, we're over. But I thought for the future, um, you have a quarterback next year. Like they like uh, they brought up on the broadcast the Brett Thorson things who, who cracks me up with uh, his reaction to Trevor Etienne. You have your star running back next year. Uh, I assume Lovett's probably going to come back. Um, your tight end Sperlin, that one play. Sperlin looks athletic to me. He looks like his ceiling is one of the best receivers not, I've seen, man. I, I'm not out on Oscar Delt by any means, but I think from in terms of a ceiling, I think he's the highest ceiling of any of the tight ends in that room. I just do. I just think he's a freak athlete and he's huge. He looks like also lucky is gonna be your top tight end. Yeah. He, he's Lost the closest lucky. thing you have to Brock Bowers. Yeah, he is because he can block too. Yeah, um, exactly. So that's, that's why I say that. No, nothing on Oscar Delp. He's going to be experienced. He's going to get touched. But you have tight ends that you trust. I just look at this. Always you look at the bowl games like this, looking at next year. They're going to be very good next year. Now, I don't know what Javon Bullard or some of those guys are going to stay or go. I, I don't know all that. But I just think next year they're going to be m- much better, in my opinion, than this year. Just because you have an experienced quarterback coming back. And Monroe Freeling, I told you this, my last point. What Paul, before the year, I told you the most important freshman in this class, not to this season 
was going to be Monroe Freeling. Remember, I told you that because I said he by year two is likely going to have to start. And if he's a bookend tackle, every tackle for Georgia, for the most part, has been a first, second round or NFL starting caliber guy. Like Jamari Sawyer is starting in the NFL. I know he's a late round pick, even though a lot of people project him at guard. And McClendon, the other guys were high-end guys, Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas, um, Isaiah Wynn. So when you're tackled at Georgia, the expectations are crazy high because that's what, to me, the difference between Kirby Smart and Mark Richt has been the offensive line. First off, the offensive line depth, but two, the level of player on the O-line. Um, and that's the thing where next year I'm looking and saying, when Amari Smith went out of that game against Alabama, that was the biggest game changer to me because they looked like they were scared to run the ball to the right side when he was out. And you need that guy next year on the right side to man that side down. And Monroe Freeling impressed me, and that's a great sign for next year. You speak truth. Yes. You're dead on that. I think they want him to be a little uh, meaner. Yeah. You know, they need, they need Freeling to be a little meaner out there. He was, you know? he was uh, leading the yoga class uh, <laughs> yesterday. Investigative <laughs> journalism by Jed May. Yeah, a, a little <laughs> less uh, smooth chakras, a little more uh, uh, murderous intent out there, but Right, you're right, and they're bringing in six offensive linemen, uh, some some real big heavy hitters there. Uh, I, if you get Tate Radlich coming back, think about this: you're going to have Jared Wilson starting at center, and Monroe Freeling more than likely starting a right tackle. Two new two new guys. Yeah, you what need if you have to play a new right guard. But if you have a guy that's you know basically played the last two years out there at right guard, and he'd be like, okay, on this you know. On this twist, you know, on this stunt, you know, he could be huge anchoring that whole right side. And you notice that tonight uh, they ran off his tailbone a couple times, you know, behind Big Tate Radlidge. I know he got banged up a little bit and came out, but uh, hopefully he's fine. But uh, that's that's huge. Uh, uh, ETN, like, okay, where am I going to run? Oh, look, I'm going to run over here behind uh, this big monster. Or And, again, on the left side, you got Micah Morris. And Fairchild, and, both of those guys. Dylan Fairchild, you know, and here's the now I could see a situation where one of those guys is like, yeah, man, there's not a lot of playing time here. I am a bone in starter, you know. Yeah. So you could see one of those guys maybe. I don't, again, just saying Georgia is Georgia's running into the problem where you got too many good players. And that's why you saw guys hit the portal, some really good players. You know, like, look, uh, we're we're loaded at my spot. I could that's why I said I could see a running back leave because they're like, look, seven, that's a bit much. So even though Georgia does its best to get everybody the ball and to get you know as much rotation as possible, uh, if there's a uh, you could definitely see you know somebody transferring you know at some different spots where you think you're safe. It, it, it happens, but I mean next year if you got Trevor Etienne running behind the big Ernest Green and Micah Morris or Dylan Fairchild on the left side. Yeah, give, give it to them. So to your point, yeah, they. I don't say it could be better next year. I, it's tough with the schedule. But I think a lot of teams are going to be worse, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, very true. Uh, I mean that you middle linebackers are going to be the the one thing uh, before we before we do that. William Carlin with a nine 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 donation. That's my. Uh, that's pretty much my dad right there. He's he's uh, he helped raise me up in Monroe, so appreciate him over there. Uh, and uh, yeah, he did. He did. He did. He was, he was officiating in my wedding too. Um, the one thing I think that Kirby can sell. So you were talking about Micah Morris Fairchild, both of them being you know bona fide starters, basically. And I agree with you 100. percent They could either one of those guys could could transfer to uh, any team in the nation and probably start. Next yeah. year's schedule. Next year's schedule, though, is so grueling 
that you have to really sell to these guys, hey, you might not start, but I promise you playing time because there's going to be guys that get banged up and hopefully no big injuries, but you're the next guy up. And even if there aren't any big injuries, we're still going to need you. We're going to need depth. And that's probably the, the biggest selling point if you're trying to be an elite recruiter is, hey, you come in as a true freshman and you're second or third in the depth chart. You're probably going to see the field because we're going to need you. Like, yeah. So you're going to have to you're, – you're just selling the mentality of, hey, yeah, you might not be a starter, but I promise yeah. you you're going to get some playing time because we're going up against you know top teams every week. This yeah. is there. We've got two cupcakes. Maybe. Top five teams. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got. We've got two. We've got two cupcakes. Maybe next year, and then after that, every game is, you know, Ben don't break, and we're gonna need you. So that's how you sell that to a guy like Micah Morris, a guy like Dylan Fairchild. Hey, you might not be the starter, but I promise you, you're gonna play. And they did a really good job of it this year, uh, with getting all those guys in rotation. Xavier Truss uh, was in there. At times, you had a rotation of. Uh, Morris, Fairchild, you, you, the offensive line looked different almost every drive, and yeah. it didn't affect them. And so, you know, I, I think that that was pretty big. So, well, I think I don't just say this because I follow the Ravens, but Todd Munkin went there, and I noticed they're now starting to do an O line shift because they know some of their tackles get hurt. They rotate. I think that's yeah. more of a common thing now. Yeah, of rotate linemen because you know they yeah. get hurt. Let's play them less. It's, the, it's the only it's the only position in in college football in the NFL that five guys play almost every snap. That the, right. the guy doesn't come out and you know doesn't especially in college defensive ends defensive line they get rotated every other play you still got the same offensive lineman in there you rotate the offensive lineman they're just as fresh and yeah look at the uh, your third down packages when you bring in like three freshmen you know yeah you got, uh, two stand up guys one you know zero technique and you're like what the hell's going on here so uh, I mean I guess you don't change a secondary usually you have the same two safeties and the same two cornerbacks but even then. Uh, that's when you're really, really rolling well. Yeah, and you might uh, go nickel or dime. Georgia does a lot of uh, nickel stuff, you know, but uh, only when the game gets out of hand do you take out. I mean, if you look at the snap count, you go look at Kamari Lasser, Dylan Everett's like 100% oh, yeah. of the snaps, yeah. 100% of the snaps. Malachi Starks, 100% of the snaps, you know. Right. It's like, oh, hey, look, Dan Jackson got in, and, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they took, the, you know, for like three snaps, and, uh but what what I'm saying the is that got 97 percent of the you know Javon Buller only got 97 percent of the snaps you know it's just uh, but that offensive line is having to stay in there for 100 yeah. percent of snaps against oh, defensive line defensive line guys who are in there for 33 percent of snaps right so I rotating agree. it I, I think it worked out great for them and, this and, year and Paul I think you brought up the schedule that was gonna be my second point beyond that it's just gonna be the new norm when you play just 15 snaps but it's against Walter Nolan at Ole Miss or against the Bama D-lineman or Texas, they said their D-line was pretty good this year. I didn't follow them too heavily. But if you play them on the road for just 15 snaps and you're impressive in that, the NFL is going to look at the film. And oh, say, yeah, yeah. You, you and got, this, you even though the sample size is smaller than your tip, typical offensive lineman who played every snap, this guy's film is dominant versus very good competition compared to these other guys who played full snaps. So maybe we have more to work with. and Maybe he has – more room to grow and maybe he has yep. less tread on his tires because he has less probability of getting hurt. So I agree with you there. Cause I, I think that could be valuable. So I think there's a world where they both stay or one of them yep. goes. Yeah. Uh, apparently my thread on the board is getting a, uh, I mentioned on the, the dog vent. Uh, I didn't realize up to four pages now uh, getting ripped for kind of mentioning that uh, uh, you could have some guys go into the portal. And again, it's uh, I think, 
just like last year, a lot of guys did not announce until after the final game. Now, Georgia announced they had 21 guys. You know, 21 guys said they were going in the portal. Uh, I think that was including Daniel Harris, who now is, apparently is not going into the portal. So let's say uh, 17 starters. But I could definitely see a few more actually jump into the portal here. But to your point, uh, I know folks don't like the portal, but let's say you lose a few more. You have to have faith in Kirby Smart to replace them with better players. So, yes, you lost, uh, let's let's say, 17 scholarship guys. How many of those guys were starters? One. How many of those guys were in the two deep? What, three? Three, four, yeah. So, let's say let's roughly 12 players who were not in the two deep. Do you think Kirby's going to replace them with 12 players who won't make the two deep? Uh, probably not, no. I'm just saying, you brought in the number one class by a huge margin. Now you're in on, um, uh, was it Harry Busey? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the number one athlete in the nation. You flipped KJ Bolden. You know, we're talking about who players that might stand out. You know, I saw somebody in the comments say KJ Bolden might be, you know, play against Clemson. Yes. If you give Kirby Smart an opening, he's going to try to upgrade it. There's not a better coach in college football. Say what he wants about you know play calling and who he hires as coaches. Although his coaching tree is pretty badass, no one does a better job of building rosters than Kirby Smart. Oh yeah, you look at the fact that they've won forty six of their last forty eight games. They went thirteen and one this year, lost by three points, and it was mainly because you had a Maris Mims go out and you had two of your best players who were injured. This was the most injured team I've covered in thirty years of Georgia football. And they only lost one game, and they barely lost that game. Give Kirby as much as we can complain about NIL and the transfer portal. All you're doing is giving Kirby Smart more tools to improve his team because now you got a kid that's not going to work out. Hey, Nylon Green, you're it's not really working here. Uh, you can go play somewhere else. You get really good playing time. You, you can definitely start somewhere else. You just can't start here. But I'm gonna bring in you know the number one cornerback, the number one safety, and the number one athlete into this class. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Roddy, but uh, you've got to get under 85 scholarships. Well, you got to get to 85. And uh, if you go tally who's in Athens plus the class they just brought in, you are above that number. So, so you you, have to have this. You have to. Even the one year, I think it looked like they were over the number. I I don't know. Yeah, that that is fair. That's a good point because when Georgia lists new signees. Not every one of those is a scholarship signee. Yeah, Some of those are gray weird. shirts who are coming in on their own dime and they will get a scholarship when one opens up. Some of those guys are getting a such a good NIL deal, it basically pays for their school. I they don't think, have to be on scholarship. I think though there's like six they're over six, seven, or eight right now. That's a lot. Yeah. So um we'll, so we'll it's see. me again. If you have 10 guys go on the portal, which I said I said maybe from five to ten, it would not shock me. Now, hey, maybe there's nobody. That would be great, you know, and you got them all. And maybe you got guys, you know, because you, remember you can have 85 scholarships, but you can have 120 more preferred walk-ons. Maybe some of the guys you have coming in are preferred walk-ons who are getting a huge NIL deal and that pays for their school, you know, great. But, uh, it again, would not shock me. Because Ellis Robinson might be day one starter, and it's like you might have a day one three-year starter coming in. Yeah. That's the type of, of guys you, you're bringing into your program. Yeah, I mean, let's say uh, uh, Rod Robinson, he had a great night tonight. He goes in the portal, or Andrew Paul. He, you know, he, it would suck to lose those guys. But you're bringing Trevor Etienne in. 
proven commodity. I'll take that. Also, Julian Humphrey just announced he's coming back. Nice. Did he put it on Twitter or Facebook or something? Yeah, where'd you Instagram? see that? He said he said, "Let's run it, go dogs!" And he he did the um, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, he did it too. Yeah, he's the same one as come on, guys. Yeah, come on, guys, get creative. Where is it? Is it on Twitter? Yeah. I'm behind on. I don't see it's it. It's underscore yeah, Julian twelve K. Come on, man. You got to have the job. Hey, while, while you're looking that up, I do want to mention something uh, real quickly. Um, so, okay, Julian Humphrey coming back is big. Uh, what's also big is our friends at the Rogue Shop. This uh, show is uh, sponsored by the Rogue Shop. Uh, I recently got their uh, the Rogue Wonder, the Delta 9 TFC, uh, a THC chocolates. Chocolates. Nice. So, uh, if you like chocolate, they got them. Then, oh, hell, I got the the uh, Nerd Bites too, the sixty milligram uh, THC Delta Nines as well. Hey, eat, eat half there. of that, boss. I know. Well, here's the thing, and of course, they also sent me the uh, uh, two hundred fifty milligram. <laughs> two fifty. Yeah, this this will kill you. <laughs> so, when you order from the t- from the Rogue Shop, they will send you this note, this red note. And it says, have you ever used cannabis-infused edibles? Here are some simple tips to ensure a great first experience. Cut the gummy into four equal pieces. Yeah. Uh, eat one quarter piece and wait for a minimum of two hours to see how it affects you. So don't do it. And like 15 minutes later, like, oh, this thing affected me. And you knock down the other three pieces. You got to work yourself into it. Uh, gummies affect everyone differently. Take it slow until you find your sweet spot. Check out the Rogue Shop for more comments. Uh, again, this is a... Uh, it's a family-owned and operated company. When you order, people say, well, can I, can I get that in Georgia? Yes, and they will actually send you all the in-the-box, all the uh, data and rules that show you're allowed to uh, order this in the state of Georgia. So uh, shout-out to our friends at The Rogue Shop for taking good care of us. And, uh, yeah, I'm loaded. They sent me, like, six bottles of this stuff. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna, we're gonna have to have a uh, a UGA sports uh, get together, mm. and uh, it's going. Maybe we'll do it in Vegas again. Hey, uh, did you find it? I found it. Yeah, pull it up. Got it right here. Let's run it. There it is. Yep, he's did the same exact. We're not gonna do it again, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we know what he says. So, but no, uh, that's that's a good one that he's coming back. He he. Really thought about it. Um, we we broke the news that he and uh, Michael Williams were both looking at the portal. Um, not a not a shocker, uh, but getting him back gigantic again. That he was injured. He didn't play tonight. Uh, but that is a guy who. I mean, nothing against Daniel Harris, but I think if Julian Humphrey had been uh, cleared, and again, we said Kamari Lasser wouldn't. I said Kamari Lasser wouldn't play in this game. He did come out and actually play. I guess what the first quarter. So uh, he, he came out and did his curtain call. He didn't play the whole game. You could say he opted out about uh, after the third or fourth drive. He was done. Um, but that was the guy. And that uh, good for him. He did not need to risk an injury. That is um, a top pick. Mm-hmm. So. Somebody just asked, did Stetson brother get a catch tonight? And it looks yes, like he, he did. did. Yeah, he, he caught the, the last play of the game. Or yeah. Last active play. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was thir- three minutes left. So it was this – First pass from Colin Drake, or the only pass for Colin Drake. Yeah. Yeah. 
But they were a ton of plays after that. Uh, it says 308 left. I think they had a couple more after that. I think uh, they had the run. I'm not mistaking. Um, I thought it was towards the end there. because I thought that was like the last thing they did, and uh, uh, then they took a knee there. Uh, I'm not Mike Honcho. I'm not gassed up yet. Who was the other co- walk on quarterback other than Muschamp who got in? Colin Drake, baby. Yeah. So Georgia went to its fifth string quarterback. Crazy. And he completed a pass. Yeah. Do you know how bad the uh, doing the grades tomorrow is going to be, Roddy? Just so you know. Oh um, my god. Yeah. There's like 90. I don't know how many guys played. It felt like 90. Uh, it's going to take six hours to write all those There's- up. Oh, Paul, just the, the amount of people who have a rushing attempt. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know, brother. I know. I just right I kept seeing him throw them in there. 10 people with a rush attempt. Ten I know, dude. I just kept seeing him throw in there. I was just like, you know what? It's the last one of the year, last one of the year. So I just had to keep telling myself because uh, it's going to be fun tomorrow. There's going to be so many guys with grades. And there's going to be one 11 guy. 11 with a receiving, with a catch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's going to be bad. Hey, let's hey, hand out some uh, – uh, Drew Bobo got in. Uh, yeah, Drew snapped Matt it. Lindbergh got in there. Snapped oh, it. America's offensive tackle, Matt. Drew Bobo. Let's um. He laid a guy out. It's the last show of the season of the year. It's time. We can empty the piggy bank, Roddy, for some helmet stickers, for some dog bones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the last one. It's I, the last show. We'll just go around. Is we'll go around. Or are we doing this game only? Uh, ooh, this game only. This yeah, game only. this game only. And this game only. Go ahead, Ben. First dibs. First, of all, I gotta go Kendall Milton because they couldn't. Mm. Tackle. Good pick. They they just they just couldn't tackle him. I like that. First, and... His first run was like, "Hey, f all you guys." Yeah. You know, I'll go two offense, two defense. That's all you I'm going to do. What do what you want. The, the, budget, the budget's open. Second, I'm going to go Gunner Stockton because the way really? he runs. Not, not even just the throwing. The way he okay. runs. He 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 runs like he wants to kill the linebacker. He runs like I'm going to run through a, a, a damn linebacker. Like, I respect that. There are people in the NFL like Josh Allen who do that. I know in the long term some people aren't, aren't going to like it. He, he runs with force out there. And also his the creativity on the one pass to uh, Edwards the jump pass, I love that. I just think Stockton impressed me tonight. I know some people are going to be kind of picky about him, but I thought he played great. Um, Have you seen on the back of his truck? No, he's got one of them "Ain't Scared" uh, stickers. Oh, nice! Oh, nice! <laughs> and then on defense, I'll start with Michael. Michael had that one time where I thought he broke. I, I thought Florida State's quarterback was not going to come back in the game after that. He just looked like he got broken down. So Michael for that play alone. And then the other one I'll go on defense because I just know Roddy's going to say say him because this is Roddy's guy. What? Gabe Harris for that strip. That that was one of the nicest defensive plays all year. I just, I just had to take him so Roddy didn't have it. That that strip he had at the You're end, fired, that fumble. I don't think they recovered. I, I think Florida State recovered it, but that to me. Was as good of a defensive play I've seen all year. So I'm gonna go hmm. Gabe Harris. Those are my four. I'm gonna let you guys have the floor for the other ones. Go ahead, Roddy. I'm, I gotta go uh, Carson back. Seventy-two percent, okay. thirteen of eighteen, two hundred three yards, two touchdowns in the first first quarter. So he was on track to have a four hundred yard game. They pull him at halftime, set him down. Hey, thirteen of eighteen is good. Seventy-two percent completion rate. With that. 
Carson Beck sets the single season completion percentage record at the University of Georgia that was set last year. Damn. By Stetson Bennett. Damn. So he comes up seven. The dude sets a he waits three years, gets his shot. And to be fair, he he said it before tonight, as Dave McMahon pointed out, he could have gone 0 for 24 and still set the single season completion record. But he didn't. He went 72%, which is right at where he, where the the uh, record is. So Carson Beck, got to give him credit for uh, being the most accurate passer over the course of a single season in Georgia football history. 100, 100 plus years of playing football, Carson Beck was the most accurate to ever do it over the course of one season. So yeah, big shout out to him. Um, looking for my... Um, I was going to take Stockton's running. Uh, I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, he was pretty good. But uh, I, I, I want to go Roderick Robinson. Mm. Seven carries, 70 yards. I'm no math genius. I did get my degree from University of Georgia. We In the journalism school, they didn't make you take a whole lot of math. That's 10 yards a carry. It is. He gets in there in the third quarter and just humiliates people and just ran hard, just running people over. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, I'm going to go uh, offensively, Muschamp. <laughs> Who? Jackson Muschamp. Did you see that run he had? 14 yeah. yards, hitting yeah. people. His dad gets yeah. tackled on the sideline because everybody's so damn happy. You know, he had more yards than Branson Robinson this year. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dick thing to say. Dude scores for Tellerton. Man. I mean, by saying it's facts. I mean, I wish the best for Branson, but yeah. statistical fact. Jeez. I mean, okay. we, I could touch on uh, Lad McConkey and his uh, his uh, twenty-two yards re- uh, receiving, and then his long touchdown run. I thought that was pretty good. He had the twenty-seven yard touch, but you got to go Dylan Bell. Come on, man. Yeah. Cir- two circus catches. He had five catches, 86 yards. Um, and you know, they didn't even give him a TD. You got to put him back in there, let, let the man score a touchdown. Come on. Killing me here. But Dylan Bell, again, I thought on that first touchdown, he didn't get his head or first pass to him. He didn't get his head around. I tweeted something out about because right before that, Arian Smith had dropped one, that little screen that hit him in the hands. And then uh he the pass comes to him, and apparently it was a bad pass. I thought he just didn't get his head turned around. But then his other five catches were just insane. Uh, the one-handed one down the sideline, magnificent. So uh, I love the fact that you could have a, a Dylan Bell-Carson Beck reunion next year. Um, I know uh, Lovett had three catches, but got to give uh, a tip to uh, Dylan Bell. I'll stop on offense. You can take over okay, now. Please. Damn. I mean, uh, I'm going with – You can as many as you want. <laughs> yeah, but like, let me at least get it. Let me, like, what you're doing though is you've gone to the buffet table and you've, oh, you've scooped out. All I don't know which voice is closer to Paul's voice. He scooped out all the food and then he's not letting me go. So, so on offense, Cedric Van Pran, he almost killed a man tonight. Uh, and just. <laughs> Overall, um, <laughs> him coming back was pretty big, you know, and I know yeah. we didn't say throughout the whole season, but this game kind of uh, was accumulation of his whole season and led from the front. Cedric Van Pran, 
I'll also go Micah Morris. Uh, he just looked like a different type of animal out there. They put him at fullback and was crazy. Yeah, these guys are killing me in the chat now. Appreciate that, Roddy. Well, James thinks Roddy's, uh, Roddy's on the gummies. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, I, I haven't cut him up, but we're about to get there. Uh, on defense, this guy got a lot of flack, and he got some from me, and he got some from just about everybody. Oh, Dalen Everett with the interception. Yep. He needed that. He needed that because confidence, I feel like, might have been dwindling in him, in himself, whatever it may be. There was confidence within the fan base. Confidence was dwindling in Dalen Everett. He gets the interception. Hopefully that can then catapult him back into the good graces of Georgia fans. So congrats to Everett on the interception. More interceptions than Lassiter this year. Yeah. And uh, let's see, on defense, C.J. Allen. He's just – we talked about him earlier, taking over uh, for J.D.J., doing it as a freshman. He looked bigger in this game than the last game. I don't know if it was the neck roll that he had on, but he just looked jacked. And uh, he is going to be a staple for the next two years because I guarantee you're not getting three out of him. Uh, he's going to the league. Two more years in that uh, middle of that Georgia defense. Absolute beast. Hey, I want to give him credit for the pass breakup he had. Yes. Once he was in coverage, he and Raven Wilson on the third down, they were both in coverage. Uh, he broke up a pass. I don't know if it was on that play or not, but there was one where, yeah, it was a good pass breakup by him. But to see both those guys drop it into coverage, that's tough, man. If you're a freshman linebacker and you're coming in to uh, play D1 football, uh, the, the hardest part is knowing, you know, think about it. You probably never had to drop into coverage your whole damn life. You yeah. Know? Now those guys are having to do it. So he and Raylan Wilson were big. Uh, I'll give one going back to defense. Uh, Jalen Walker. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Four, four tackles. The man, the man was everywhere, just getting better. I'm glad you said Michael Williams. I thought he had, if they had had a uh, offensive or defensive, uh, you know, uh, defensive award, uh, Michael Williams should have got it. Um, I'm glad you picked Everett because I've been defending Everett all year just because that you don't want to throw at Kamari Lasser. You don't want to throw yeah. at Taiki Smith. You damn sure don't want to throw at uh, Malachi. You know, Malachi Starks over somebody. And if you want your uh, wide receiver to get killed, you make sure you don't throw near Javon Bullard. So everyone picks on Dalen Everett. Uh, that's just, and there was, and people only remember the the passes that are completed against him. They don't look at yep. the ones that he knocked down. So it becomes kind of a self fulfilling prophecy or, uh, or the, we call it, bias confirmation. You know, you go, oh, there he is getting beat again. It's like, well, yeah, that's the guy you're going to pick on because he's the best option of the ones that are out there. Then all of a sudden, when there's a bunch of new guys out there and he's the veteran, nobody's throwing his way and he gets an INT. So I thought that was big on his part. But you got to give it to my big boy. Um, I, I know he's in the uh, Warren Brinson. Pass breakup, yeah. Brinson. Four tackles. I thought Brinson played one of his best games. And again, just showed that uh, uh, Brock's not, uh, the quarterback's not tall enough. He had what, three passes knocked down? Yeah. Peyton Woodring, nine for nine. Hey, and uh, Thorson was good on his punt. Real quick on <laughs> Thorson, you know, bored out of his mind over there, doesn't get his thing. How the hell does the Georgia football team play 14 games and not give up one punt return yard? Crazy. Insanity. Mind-boggling. Now, granted, Georgia didn't punt a whole lot, but when they did – you got to think that somebody would be able to get a punt return yard. I don't, and I need to go back and look and see which coaches are in charge of that because each coach has one phase of the game that they're in charge of. 
whoever's picking the gunners and the hang time and the direction of the punt and all that, the fact that you went the entire season without giving up a punt return, I want to give a helmet sticker to Thorson for putting the punts, giving such good hang time and direction that nobody could return them, the gunners for getting down there and stopping it, and whatever coach is in charge of that squad. I know he's not wearing a helmet, but get him one, and he can put it on his desk because that is just phenomenal. We'll just say it was Musk champ, and he gets the sticker for his reaction to his son doing the thing. I'm trying to think of uh, who's the backup punter. Well, it's going to be Drew Miller. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I was, I was trying I to think of who the current. One I, I don't was. know why a punter would want to. Uh, Brett Thorson brings up good points in his, <laughs> in his jokes. Well, I mean, why, would, why would the top you can't name the backup? Because well, I, I also saw where it said Brett Thorson is a sophomore on the ESPN graphic tonight. Is he a sophomore? Um, I have no idea what his age is. I mean, he's like tw- no, his age well, is we, like twenty eight. I feel like he's like 26, 28, something like that. Here's the thing um, about him: we we reported this before the season started. This might have been his only year. Because they started his clock, his NCAA clock, when you start college. And he started in Australia. So he either had a year or two there before he came to Georgia. So they actually uh, had to basically file an appeal basically to say, hey, can he play again next year? And Georgia found out a few weeks ago, and we reported that news as well, that, yes, he has been granted uh, eligibility for next year too. So uh, it could have been a situation where this was his last year. So yeah, they, they have him listed on Georgia Dogs as a sophomore. <laughs> he is a sophomore. Do you know uh real quick before because we're gonna yeah, have he's got two years here, but that, that in the eyes of the NCAA, that that yeah. is true. Um, do you know how these guys from this pro kick Australia get matched up? They they don't pick their team they're going to. Nope. They just get matched up to a team yeah. based on the style of kick that they do. And Brett Thorson uh is with Georgia because of the style of the kick that he does. And it's all this crazy stuff. He didn't get to pick there. I think I did a college game day special on it. And um, these guys, they don't get to pick which school they go to. So Brent Thorson, he's not Brett Thorson, he's not going anywhere. His jokes on Twitter are just that jokes. So um, I mean, funny. it's serious. I mean, thank you, James Caraway. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, James. what the team's doing to Brett Thorson, I don't know why he's not in the portal. He's being underutilized. But what I'm getting, what I'm getting at here, Ben, is I don't know if he can go in the portal because, like, he got sent to Georgia. I don't think he can go anywhere else. He's got to go back and ask the home country of Australia if he can go to a different we, school. We still don't know this guy's age. He he could be like 34. He, Dude, he could. He could. Be 21. He could. He could. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I mean, James the one, with the $5 donation the says that. Asking about where's the link to the portal. <laughs> too funny. Uh, helmet sticker to y'all. Love talking ball with y'all uh, after every game of the season. Best YouTube channel going. We appreciate that uh, so much. So, guys. Yeah, a lot of people ask about Michael Williams. I mean, yeah. he as he – everyone's saying, though, he's reporting that he's back. Has he left? I mean, he's not been in the portal yet. Yeah, I don't know. So, no. Crazy. He, he has another year. He's supposed to come back. He did think about it. I know that for a fact. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's times that, and we did a huge story on him earlier in the week talking about how he's going to be used differently because he wasn't happy with how he's being used. And Georgia wants to use him differently, but it's sometimes it's based on need. So uh, we saw, I think we saw a preview a little bit of that tonight. He didn't move too much, but uh, you see what a difference maker he is. And Georgia's going to do everything they can to keep him and make sure he's happy. But, um, I, I don't think that it's uh, – we, we write a story if he was going into the portal. 
if the status quo remains the status quo, then why do you write a story that nothing's changed? I don't know. Well, I guess if you want a bunch of clicks, then you would. Damn, Roddy. What? I'm just saying. All right. Well, with that being said, um, any last final thoughts here before we close this thing out for this uh, this season? Yeah, I want to share what the rest of the community or rest of the college football was thinking about it real quick. Um, let me bring it up on screen here. Oh, did I get dropped off? No, you're here. Okay. Yeah, all of a sudden my screen went blank. Um, Clay Travis says the college football playoff committee didn't screw Florida State. They screwed Georgia. There's no way on earth Georgia is one of the four best college football teams in America. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. There it is. Clay Travis. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Watson says every game's matter. Well, it should. Clearly, it matters for some of us, not others. Secondly, we were beaten by a good team. Adversity reveals characters. Them dogs have plenty. Uh, he'd fight with Danny Cannell. Gotta love a Ben Watson, Danny Cannell fight. You know, that's pretty love good. Uh, Michael Harris says, no way UGA should have been left out. <laughs> Transfer oh, portal says Florida. Yeah, I know, but you'll see my stuff. I did point out that Georgia scored 21 points with its third string QB when everybody was complaining about Florida State. Oh my God, they're down their third string QB. Yeah, but Georgia has one too. And he dropped 21 on you. His so. lawsuit has entered the portal. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Gotta love their lawsuit. Uh, uh, College football home says Georgia's playing with all their uh, backups, third string walk ons, and still dominating. Yes, they did. Uh, Will Compton says Florida State showing why they had no business in the playoff. Will Compton might recruit Lad McConkey to the all white team. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Brett Thorson, Uh, that's a team that he could be utilized for. There you go. Um, Maybe put him out there at corner. Uh, <laughs> TCU says, uh, this is from our own Anthony Dasher. TCU, we lost to Georgia 65 to 7. Florida State, hold our beer. Jeez. And they lost worse. So, TCU, Jeez. uh, everybody was clowning TCU for losing by 58. Florida State lost by 60. Uh, here's a great tweet from uh, TJ Moe. Says FSU had two options play hard, beat Georgia, go undefeated, and prove the college football committee and everyone else got it wrong, or quit. Get embarrassed, so there isn't one ounce of sympathy for them anymore. They chose the latter. The performance mm. is shameful. Damn. Yep. Um, Damn. Largest uh, Georgia football puts out a tweet: largest margin of victory in bowl game history. Yeah, uh, sixty was it. Uh, again, here's Warren Brinson. He was he went live during the game. That's Remember crazy. last year they had a, a bunch of grief for eating wings on the sideline. Oh yeah, Kendall Milton brought the wings to all the offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, I actually we're, tweeted we're, out after, midway through the game that they were looking for hot wings. After uh, after putting that IG live out, Warren Brinson is going to wish he went to the NFL and not come back. Kirby's <laughs> going to run that man to death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dash pointed out they were uh, they were still doing the chop at Hard Rock Stadium, but it was Georgia fans trolling FSU fans. Jeez. Man, that, that's just brutal. It was yeah. just Braves fans there. Yeah. Um. Largest loss in program history. Ooh. Eek. That's not good. Yeah, I did not realize that that 60-point. No matter what the optics are, you don't think for a second when FSU tries to, to come into Georgia and get kids that, that stuff like that's not going to be brought up. Oh, 1,000%. What, 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 what went through K.J. Bolden's head today? 
I made the right choice. KJ Bolt looks like the biggest genius in the world. He's the biggest winner. I mean, if anyone, I mean, he didn't even play in the game. Give him the biggest helmet sticker. Hey, what went through Marvin Jones? What went went through went through uh, Marvin Jones Jr. head? Oh yeah, it's like oh maybe I made a bad. Hey, oh, I love this by Marvin James. He's a great TV guy. He says there are lists on both sides. Here are Georgia's players not playing in the Orange Bowl, and he mentioned uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, injured players who were not playing. And then he mentions he's got a list of like 17 transfer players who are not mm. playing. You know, Georgia might have would like to have gone to their second string quarterback, but Brock Vandegrift is already at Kentucky. Austin Blasky could have gotten in there and killed some people on offensive line, but you no. Know, Jonathan Jefferson could have got a sack. Yeah, Makai Muse could have returned a uh, kick there too. Xavier Sori could have got something. So yeah. Anyway, um, John Tweet Sports, he's really good. Says George is now rotating walk-ons of scout team players in a QB. They were. That was crazy. I mean, Colin Drake. How many people do you not how many? What percentage of people could have named George's fourth and fifth string QBs? Uh nobody. You got zero percent? Uh one, maybe, maybe. I didn't know who the Drake I, I knew Muschamp because he was Muschamp's son. That's about it. I knew Mushing. I had seen Caleb, uh, Caleb, Colin Drake's name on there. I could, well, I would not have pointed him out in in a million years. No, no I didn't did know. know I didn't know what number was. I knew, I knew Drake. I didn't know his first name. Um, and I, like Roddy so said, you're fifty fifty. You're like a I couldn't, I couldn't have picked him out in a lineup had you lined him up with seven different guys. No. The only reason I would have known him was because you're like with the uh, depth chart that they give you in yeah. spring or something, and you're going down it and you're reading the names. I probably read the names and went right past it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so, so oh yeah, but you know, you think scout team QB Kirby likes to run his stuff over there. So, hey, well, uh, have you guys showed what Danny Cannell's been saying? There were just responses to Danny Cannell. Yeah, there's no, was, there's no reason to to give him a bigger platform than he's he's already gotten. He's uh he's dug himself quite a if hole. If Florida tonight. State went to the SEC, I just think it would be so funny, just because he would literally have to be wearing like SEC hats anytime he was on like any show. Right. Then he would turn into the biggest SEC fan. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like this one. Do you think uh, Marvin Jones wish he could come back? That that one, again, that one was a shocker. So, uh, yeah, uh, he, you know, Andrew's got a good point here. Uh, it says, uh, let's keep it in perspective. FSU is a Power 5 conference champ. They have 15 uh, recruiting classes. This was not against Charles. This was a team that had won 19 games in a row. Yeah. They, they didn't get to 20. And they suffered their worst loss in program history. Anyway, so again, you look uh, better versus them than UAB. It's, it's true. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I mean, I think Florida State's backup should be able to beat UAB. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, do you have a list of players that are returning? Uh, right now, just assume everybody that you saw out there. But again, uh, I think you're talking about the uh, more the the bigger names. I expect Tate Radler to has Tate ever gone public and said that? No. Mm, I don't think so. He might just come back and not say anything. Yeah. So Tate Radler's coming back podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's in love with the podcast. Although Kirby shut that down. something on there. Kirby shut the uh, podcast down for a while. Yeah. Yeah. After the t- Tennessee comments. Damn. Anyway, uh <laughs> he's coming back. Warren Brinson's coming back. Uh uh, Nazir Stackhouse is supposedly coming back. Um, see, Julian Humphreys isn't transferring. Michael Williams isn't transferring. Again, although both 
thought about it. Neither has done so. So uh, that's huge. Um, Carson Beck is coming back. Lad McConkey is going pro. Brock Bowers is going pro. Uh, Kamari Lasser is going pro. Uh, Javon Bullard, nobody knows. Or at least nobody I've talked to knows. If, if I did, it seems I, like it goes either way depending on who you talk to. I, I think he goes back and forth. So yeah, He probably does. He said uh, he hasn't made a decision legitimately, so. Yeah. Uh, He's I, probably the big one. That That is my pet peeve. I'll get on my soapbox real quick. Where's this kid going to go to college? Well, he hasn't decided yet. Yeah, but where's he going to go? Where do you think? He has not decided yet. If a decision is in, then we can give you a speculation of what we think that decision is. But if the kid's undecided, then how the – I mean, now you're just guessing. So why like, look at Cedric Van Pran last year. Yeah. So, uh, Starks isn't leaving. Yeah, well, he can't. Malachi he can't has played over Um. So this one, uh, so I'm, I'm, I doubt in a million games. years he'd leave the portal for the portal. I doubt in a million years. Okay, so yeah, D- Dash is you know, Matthew Cotton's actually reading our our website, which is probably a good idea. She's actually read stuff <laughs> yeah. most of that time. Yeah. Uh, Tate claims he's not even thought about it. Sure, is there Stackhouse says he has, and we'll have an answer by Wednesday. Okay, so I, I can I, I can see. Kirby telling these guys to hold off on your announcements and then let's run them all together. Remember how they did that in the past when all you had one guy after another yeah. after another? I uh, was what Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy, uh, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, and they just it was all it was very well choreographed and looked good and got everybody hyped up. I could definitely see them doing that. Or hell, some of these guys would be like, Yeah, that's a great game. I'm gonna go to the NFL. No, nothing would shock me, but I'm just giving you what uh, what I've heard and what I think. So, um, yeah, I like Christopher Black's comment there. The dog broke TC. I broke FSU. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a good one to end on there. It is. It is. Hey guys, before we leave out, make sure to hit that like button. We appreciate it so much. Oh, one last thing. Uh, I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I was gonna... Well, we we do need to call it the fact that. Okay, so this is our last post-game overreaction show, but you guys do a show every Sunday night. Yeah, we do. So uh, we do a show every Sunday night called the uh, All Things Georgia Show. It's with myself, Eddie from Ackworth, and Andy Stowe. So uh, you won't be missing me for too long. We won't be on tomorrow night, obviously, for New Year's Eve, but the week after. Week, yeah, week after we'll be on. We'll be talking about uh, the Braves getting uh, Chris Sale and multiple new things. So, guys, everything that uh, we've talked about uh, with you all season long, we appreciate you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Jermaine says we're missing one more super chat, and I saw it. Jermaine, I did not put it on the screen. He said uh, he's commented that he wanted the show to go on for one more hour. Uh, so <laughs> Jermaine does that all the time. We appreciate that so much. But guys, we appreciate you. Yeah, and uh, for sticking with us from game one, week one, all the way till now. You guys are what makes this show great. The numbers have been amazing on it. The podcast downloads have been great. And uh, we get to show our personalities a little bit, even though Roddy hates it when we do that. Uh, yes. we, we, we do get to show off uh, a little bit besides just football. And thank you so much for staying with us tonight. And we will see you next year. Uh, Georgia Clemson postgame overreaction show. Maybe, maybe Roddy will let me go to a game next year. I don't know. I'm asking a lot. But guys, we appreciate you. You missed too many games this year. You don't. Need- she went to the Bam SEC championship game that one year. 
They lost, yeah. They were 0-1. Yeah. Think about that. Well, guess what? I didn't go to this one, so can't blame you for that. Yeah, but then yeah. they went on the longest win streak in history after you <laughs> right. banned you from going to games. See? Right. You're right. It worked. So. Hey, we appreciate it. For Ben Choppy Bachman, for Ryan and Bolsey, I'm Paul Meharry. Thank you again so much, guys. Hit that like button. We'll see you soon.